Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. This is the Game Engine Start podcast for the 29th of September, 2020. My name's Callum. My name's Ewan. Did you forget what the, the podcast I'm, was there for a second? I forget. I, forget, <laughs> I was going to start this podcast by saying I actually don't know what to <laughs> intro here because, like, it's very funny to continue the joke of, oh, time bleeds together, but, like, I actually don't have anything to say here, so yep. I'm not, like, I, I can't think of a way to start this fucking podcast. It's, it is occasionally overwhelming <laughs> just stuff happens what, very quickly everything? yeah just like generally waves around room yeah mm. um all of this yeah i mean i could i mean i'll tell you briefly that it is increasingly difficult to to remember that i'm adult when your circuit breaker trips an hour before you're supposed to record a podcast and you're like i think i know what this means and then flicking it back on and praying to God that nothing's on fire, you know. I was gonna say, did you forget what happens when your circuit breaker trips? No, I knew what, not... I knew what happens, but it's like, can I, this is the dumbest fucking conversation. So do you know what RCD is, right? An RCD. You will probably, you will not, undoubtedly have a, a one. Read, a readable CD. No, no, that's an RWCD. That's a read-writable CD. No, an RCD, I can't remember what it stands for. Something circuit device. <laughs> Resettable circuit device, I think. If you look at your fuse box your circuit breaker fuse box. Mm-hmm. You'll have a bunch of normal switches, then you'll have a big chunky switch that has a test mm-hmm. button on it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an RCD, right? Oh, and okay. it, that RCD is there as like a pre-circuit breaker almost, where if something general happens that it detects, it flicks all of a bunch of switches off. It's like a master for a bunch of your heavy stuff, right? So that's what triggered about an hour ago for me. I was like, okay, that's right, weird. Yeah. That doesn't normally happen. Like when our oven exploded... Like, the oven one went. I was like, okay, that's fine. But this is the RCD went this time, right? And I was like, okay, uh, it's been a while since that's tripped. I've seen one of them trip. Okay, so you look at it, and the switch is in the wrong place. Like, switch is in the wrong orientation. So, like, it's down instead of up. But it's yeah. red. Yeah. Right? And there are right. two. There's a red right. and a green setting, right? And it is right. off and... is Sorry, no. It is technically in the off position and is green sorry okay yeah that doesn't make any sense right i was gonna say off off and red makes sense yeah off and green and i'm like okay so i googled and they said okay they should all be in the up position for them all to be on so i flick them all to on position and the light goes red and everything comes back on and i'm like that seems weird like does that mean that something horrible has broken and is this like a like a fuse on a surge protector like is this now just fucked like what's that mean According to the one page I could find on Google, uh, red is there when it's on because it means do not work on the electricity. And green is there when it's off because it says you are safe to work on the electricity. Right, okay. Which, as a per- as a non-electrician and a user of the house, that seems fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that seems like a bad thing. Why, why, why? It's universally accepted that green means on. Green so means on, red means off. And it's not like there's a power symbol that says, I am on, or it's just like green and red. And that's it. So, sure. That's what I learned today. And I... That's that's weird. I don't... You learn new things every day when you yeah. start owning a house. And, and I wish I hadn't way. fucking learned that because now I oh. don't... Let me, I'll, I'll tell this on the I'll, I'll tell this on the podcast, my homeowner story, because this okay, is this is interesting this, to me. This is where we're so, here. Yeah, this is this is what this podcast is about. <laughs> so um there's nothing else. No. Um so I I when I moved into the flat, um 
there were no keys for the windows, like locking keys for the windows. So the double and I was like UPVC, UPVC yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's like the, the tilt turn windows, but yep. I don't have the the key to lock the handle. Okay, sure. Uh, I, I was like, that's not a big deal because like they only open one way, and I can keep them closed, and it's fine. Like they can't, nobody can like get in with another handle and open the yeah, window yeah. without breaking them. So. Yep, yeah. But I would like the keys, so I got round. I, I was like, how do I go about doing this? So I, the, the name of the people that the window was from is written on the window. Sure. And I was like, okay, well, they made the window, so they would have a key. Mm-hmm. So messaged them and was like, hey, moved into X address. Uh, wasn't provided with keys for the windows. Your names are on the windows. Do you have spares that I can buy from you or like yep. something, anything? Yep. Didn't hear from them. A week later, got a handwritten envelope uh, huh. with their com- with their company stamp on it. Okay, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Opened it up. There was a, a slip of paper that had like their company masthead and stuff on it. There was uh-huh. like, "Like, thank you" or whatever, and nothing written on it. And a bag that you would like seal documents in that had been sealed with nothing in it. And oh, I, I was like, "Okay, this is a bit weird." Uh, so no, I looked at the envelope clear. Again. No, okay sorry yes I looked at the envelope again and there was like a tear in the bottom right hand of the envelope oh. and I was like oh maybe this is the keys and like they've fallen out or something like that so I messaged them again saying hey I just got this handwritten letter with no information on it other than my address if this was the keys I appreciate it but they seem to have got they weren't in the envelope mm-hmm. um, can you please tell me if I can like buy more or whatever blah blah yeah. sign off Got a message from the back about half an hour later going like, we're told the keys were in the envelope. Is the envelope damaged in any way? And I was like, yeah, there's a massive rip out the bottom right-hand corner, so I assumed the keys fell out. Mm-hmm. And then no response. Week later, get a <laughs> like um, like a, a a bag, an envelope that has like padding in it. Like, like, the, like a Jiffy bag. Get, yeah, like a Jiffy bag with like uh, bubble wrap around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, my name written on it, and they're thinking on it again. I went, oh, they might have provided me with more keys tear it open sure enough it's the mass headlighter again but with six keys sellotaped onto it like severely sure and i was like excellent six whole keys like this is more keys than i actually need this is yeah. great tried all the keys and all the windows in the flat none of them work <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and i was like yeah what the fuck is going on here because i now have six keys for something that isn't my windows that i can't use so i messaged them again being like hey just got your letter um Thank you very much for providing the six keys. Unfortunately, none of these keys seem to work in my windows. They seem too big for the lock. Well, they don't, um, it's not even like they fit in and don't turn. Like, they don't even fit in the, the window. No, they don't even fit fully into okay. the Some of them fit like halfway. Some of them don't even fit at all. Like It's okay. a weird mismatch. Sure. I was like, I was like, is there another variety of key or like <laughs> something that's going on? But Whatever. Sign so up message. They've got another... Okay. I have, I have multiple questions, but I'll let key. you finish. <laughs> Another message from the half an hour later. These are the keys that were linked to the installation job, so they should be correct. Okay. And I was like, oh, um, well, if they're linked to the, the installation job, they're probably correct, uh, but they don't work in my windows, so it, it might be something to do with the handle being broken or something. Is there anything you can do to help? No response from them. Two hours later, I got a message from them. We're looking into this. Please leave it with us. I was like, Okay, and I messaged the back being like, I appreciate you looking into this. Thank you very much. Is there any way that 
if this all of us ends and you can't find it, is there anybody that could be sent out to look at my totally, windows? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No response from them at all, and it's been like three days. So anytime you get an un, like a anytime you ask a question to a place like that that says leave it with us, we're invest or like mm-hmm. unprompted, they say wait, hold on, leave it with us. We're that's not usually a good sign. Like how no, it probably isn't. Okay, so if they did install it, it's obviously linked to the installation. So, so theoretically, yeah. it's the the windows they put in. That's yes, that's very funny. It's bizarre to me that it, I don't I don't know if that means like the handle's been replaced or it's broken. But or the fact you got what, the fact you got six keys, which is a very random yeah. number of keys. I know, that's and what I none thought. of them fit. And some of them no, fit better none, than others. Like, none, of them, that's... none of them fit in any of the windows, but some of them fit better than others. But none of them actually lock the window. So I was like, so, there's something here. Like, yeah. I know that the, the key could fit. Like, eventually the key, the, a key like this could fit in this lock. It's just none of these keys. Um, so I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. That's but I'm gonna appara- I'm gonna apparently leave it with them and see what happens. But they've not he messaged me back in like a few days. So if if you want to go down a rabbit hole, there's a couple of um, DefCon videos I should send you about keys and keyways and locks from a guy who does um, red team testing. Like he intentionally with like he intentionally like with authorization tries to break into places to prove that security's mm-hmm. fucked. Um, and the guy who does elevator repair, which is one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. Um, elevator? I can imagine that's yeah, very dangerous. Um, they have some stories about what keys do and how... Basically, there's a single key, depending on which state in the US you're in, there's a single key that will open every single police car in the fleet of a state. Oh, and most of the time... Oh, yeah, not have like a, a master key or something there's a like standard that, right? key that is public that anyone can get and is not illegal to own that will open every single police car wow including by the oh, way yeah the trunk and the shotgun lock in the front oh they're all the same key they're all keyed the same because, oh that seems crazy because and this is the last thing i'll say about it the reason why they're all keyed the same most of the time one is because logistics and it makes it easier if they're all the same key because then if somebody loses their keys then it's easy enough to replace and it's not a security risk and also uh most police cars are the same model and most police cars are decommissioned taxis and taxis all have the same mostly the same key and they just don't replace the keyway like you can own most elevator keys for the entire of the US on a single key ring. Like, it's that level of, like, what the fuck? Because people just, like, there's a whole thing. But yeah, keys don't mean jack shit, basically, is the, the short answer of it. Like, as somebody recently replaced the That's, lock yeah. on my front door, like, I did some research into be like, if I buy a key and lock system for my front door, how many other people are going to have that exact key? And you end up doing some wild research, and it's. Did you have to get like a person to like install that? No, I installed like a it. New front... How do you install a new front door lock? That's. I mean, sorry, of my flat, not of the whole building. No, I know that, but it's still like, is it that? Is that like a handle and a whole thing? It's just no. It's just the the the, the night latch, the 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 thing at the top with the handle that you flick down that you can jimmy that you can keep open with a snib. That thing. Oh right, okay, it's right, okay, sure, 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 right. Um, 
That it still seems like an actual. It wasn't easy. It was yeah. fun, but it wasn't easy. Um, but yeah, so I ended up doing some key research, and you're just like, all of this is a scam. All of this is just lies. <laughs> keys don't mean anything. Keys don't mean nothing. There's like seven keys. Oh, anyway. Uh, it's like seven keys in yeah. the world. In the world. Yeah, basically. There's the key. There's the key that will open your front door. The the fridge in Seven uh, Eleven that will get you ice cream yeah. and the nuclear football all totally. at the same key. It's probably the same key. It's- yeah, it's kind of it's bizarre. Yeah, you should watch that elevator talk. It's great. They've got uh, it's got a clip from Biker Grove in it randomly from a US Defcon okay. talk. About elevators. Yeah, there's a scene of Biker. I think it's yeah. I think it was Biker Grove, but there's a scene of them riding elevators, and it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> I think it was by Kirk. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. Wild. Anyway, we should talk about other things. Um So a lot of the stuff I've been playing is like stuff we've already talked about, kind of. Um where did we talk about Hades last time or did we just do a video about it? No, that that, that was gonna okay. be the only thing I talk about. Okay, this well week, so. I'll talk about the other stuff then. So um I played the final two chapters of Tell Me Why, because they both came out. I think I talked briefly about the second chapter last time. No, I, last yes. time both chapters came out and I was playing them before. Um, that game's really good. The ending, I will need to talk about at the end of the year because it's either... I, I It's either excellent or it's a cop-out and I can't decide which one for reasons that I can't exactly get into obviously because people should play that thing but it is a good like it's a really really good one of them it's like it's some really good don't know storytelling um and it's definitely on a level above above is probably the wrong term it's not as it's not like a teen drama it is more of a like slightly but that's like that's like that's like the don't nod specialty though. That's totally, like... but these are not these are not teens and they're dealing with problems that are not necessarily teen level problems. Like it's it's much it's not about being a teen. It's about different things. Aww. And because of that, it's a different type of story. And again, like sad I, teens though. It's yeah, these are not teens and they're not well, they get sad at points. But it's not just a sad teen story. Like, there's definitely some. Also, they're also not not teens, right? I thought they were like early twenties. They're early twenties, yeah. They're, 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 they're okay. not. Te- they're not in high school. Let's say that. Like most don't know games are, um, but yeah, there's some depth to the story that actually I really appreciated. And what can I say that's not going to spoil stuff? They deal with the specific subject matter that they advertise the game about in a really good way where also it's not it's not a game so so for people who haven't been following it like one of the things that this game is about is one of the main characters is trans and like how he is represented in the story and all this kind of stuff like the story is not just about like that's not the focus of the story it's part of the story and it's an integral part of the story, but it's not the story. Yeah. So it's not sure. like, it's not the case of like that. It's all just about that. Like it comes in and it's important and it's a, the character is well developed because of stuff surrounding it. But that is not, it, it's, it's not, it's not a story about 
somebody being trans like that's not that's not what it's about yeah it's, that's it's about it's, other uh, things. but it's a, it's a factor of the story totally in the same way that the other main characters past and history affect the story that that character being trans definitely affects the way the story plays out and all this kind of stuff like it's yeah so it's, it's super totally. it's so they, they they seem to handle it for, as far as i can tell to me they handled it very well and it's there's some really good there's some really great moments um that it uses and plays off and the actual story itself was super interesting right up till the end in a good way um like i say i need to talk about the story at some point later because i can't my read of it is good but i may be reading too hard into it um and also the fact that i'm conflicted about it might be the point um yeah so it's interesting and also they do the the telltale donut thing of like here's all the decisions that were made that you made during the game. And here's the percentage of everyone who picked those decisions. And oh I, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I for sure picked a decision that 2% of people picked. And I can't tell that seems wild to me because I was sure I was in the right. And apparently I disagree with most people. <laughs> so who knows? Um, yeah, that was weird. So that's, that's very good. I do highly recommend that. It's, it's a good solid like seven or eight hours of, of, game there for i think it's still 24.99 like i think i don't think it's still it's not like a 60 dollar thing and it's well worth it. if you like those stuff if you like those things if you like life is strange for sure if you didn't like life is strange definitely go watch some trailers and see what it's about and then you'll know very quickly it's also gorgeous like they really up the the graphical powerhouse of this thing like it's the fact that it's set in alaska means it's a it's a type of scenery you don't see a lot in games and they handle it super yeah. well and it's just it's beautiful at points it really is um so that i'm not gonna say anything about it but i started factorio and i finally caved oh, and bought that game no we're not talking about we're not this. talking about no. it you're right we're not talking about it i'm just saying okay, there was a couple of 4 a.m nights just saying i unlocked trains i get that's awesome that's what like Oh yeah, that's that's what that game was for. Yeah, is totally. for the this is this is your version of us people that play four X games. Like yes. the, this is my civilization. You, you, this is the you blank and you're like, what the fuck just happened to Saturday? Like yep. that's the yeah for sure. Um, um, we're not still, talking about <laughs> no, we're not talking about Futura. Um So there's that, and then so the thing I can talk about that, that you haven't played. This is not sorry. I'll I'll, I'll clarify this. This is not Factorio is fascinating. I've yeah. watched many a video about Factorio. But I'm not turning this website into fucking conveyor belt dot video no. game. <laughs> conveyor belt dot video game has to be an available website, right? Can I we assume buy, so. What about conveyor belt dot bike? Is that conveyor, yeah, can we build that and can we buy that domain and just redirect it to the site? That'd be pretty good. I mean, can we video game? You you talk about whatever it is you're going to talk about. And I'll look so at. the other video game, game dot. <laughs> no, it's conveyor belt. Sorry, conveyor belt dot video game. Um, yeah. you so the other yeah the other game I'm not going to talk too much about it because I think it only really is done justice when we do a video with it. But I've been playing Other Side. <laughs> what? So if you type in conveyorbelt.video game, it takes you to a Google search, and the first thing on it is Satisfactory on Steam. Great. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that makes total sense. Not video games not a high level domain, is it? Egg. Uh, Dot game is, I know. Dot game? Dot game Let's is, that. I'm pretty sure. Um, also, like, there's... What was the one I saw recently that... Um, what was it? There was something specific. Something very specific. I know dot, I know all the, like, dot pizza domains are all gone at this point. I looked into that as well. Um, 
I wonder who owns videogame.pizza. That would be an interesting website. It's probably um, Jeff Gersman, right? Probably Jeff Gersman, you're right. You're probably right. Um, are we done with the main names? Going to talk now? <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep looking. You can talk. You uh, can have talked this whole time. But I'm just looking. Well, I can't can because because use... I'm going to start taking a sentence. You're going to burst out laughing as you find. Sorry. Yeah. Go. I'll I'll save it until you're done. Okay. Thank you. Um, we can do it at the break. Um, yeah. Other side. So other side. This is O T H E R C I D E is how the game is spelled. Um, it is a turn-based strategy game. Kind of. It's closer to. And like, like I said, it, it, I can't go into like the mechanics of it because there's too many of them that would only really mm. work in a video setting. But the things I will say, like it's a turn-based strategy game. It's closer to John Wick Hex than it is XCOM. Um, and okay. it is one of it's. There are some mechanics in there that are super fascinating for the genre that I, that nothing else has really done. Um, and there are like it's a, it's a tactics game with unique mechanics. Is that what yes, you're totally, it is a tactics game. Um, but it has a timeline like John Wick Hex does, and it, it there are like three or four decisions about how that game plays that totally change how you actually play that game. And also, it's a roguelike, which is the other thing. Um, so there's all the mechanic stuff, which is super fascinating. I think actually really toes the line really well between not having like so much incredible detail uh, depth to it that you just don't know what you're doing half the time and you just get lost in it so it's relatively understandable but allows for a lot of complexity in varieties of approaches i think um and also like right. because again mechanically let's lets you triple down on like yo how much do you actually like this character in your team um kind of the same way that xcom did but like four times as important um so yeah we'll do a video with that it's super good it also looks amazing um yeah kind of just looking at the page on steam you can see this i'm also kind of super done with the all unity games look the same argument because this game looks fucking incredible that's not been true for a really long time that's been true but i still see it like in the kind of mainstream kind of like fucking both pillars of eternity games and stuff are built off of yeah, unity. Like, like it's it's not a, like, it's not a terrible pillars of, pillars of eternity, other side, and GTFO are all done in unity. And you're like yeah. these games cannot look much different. They all look incredible in their own way. Um, but other side has got a cool um, black, white, and red color scheme, um, and just some fucking wild enemy designs that yeah. would look would not look out of place in like a Dark Souls or like a probably closer to a Bloodborne actually considering this the stylings. There's a there's a level of um Victorian Plague Doctor to Sure. Some of it. It's somewhere between like Plague Doctor and Cthulhu is some of the crossed with okay. aliens. Like the aliens movies aliens. That's, that's very Bloodborne then. That's yeah, kind of that whole it's, it's pretty, yeah it's excellent. We should do we should actually do a mechanical breakdown of that thing in a video because it's yeah, it's really, really good. Um, yeah. And also, like, the roguelike element of it means you don't... I don't have the same problem I usually have with, like, an XCOM where it's like, well, I'm fucked, I need to start again from the start. Like, the whole point is you start again from the start and you're better off for it. It's very cool. Um, But yeah, that's kind of all the the stuff I have specifically, apart from Hades, which we'll talk about now. I think that's the only... Is that the only thing you're bringing? Yeah, that's the only thing I have to talk about is Hades, but I can say a lot about Hades. Let's talk about Hades, because fuck me, that game's good. Holy shit. That game is... 
incredible. That yeah. game is it's it's very like to me anyway. I know that like Transistor has like a special place in your heart, but yeah. that game is very obviously the best game that Super Giants ever made. Like it's it's yeah. not it's not even like close in my mind how sure. how much better that like stuff like Bastion and Transistor Empire are all incredible games. Yep. But like Hades is on a complete other level. I don't know if that's because they've been they've gone through the early access process and they've had two years of like user feedback and stuff like that to let them hone this thing to such a fine edge. That appears like, to be the general consensus is that early access yeah, has done that game wonders, I think. I, I, I've never seen a video game where every every single, or like, I've seen a couple, but not quite like this, where every part of it is so perfect and done to like a chrome sheen. Yeah. And yet all works well together and there's no grinding. It all just meshes and it's all perfect. Totally. So like the... So the the top level for Hades is that you play as Zagreus, who is the son of Hades, like Greek mythology Hades. Yeah. And you want to escape hell because you don't like your dad because he's Hades and you feel you feel like there is a drive towards you getting out of hell and finding out what's the surface. And the way you do that is by engaging in roguelike action combat in the levels of hell which all change and morph themselves and you get a different like path through hell each time you go. Mm-hmm. But as a run game, because you're the son of Hades, when you die, you just come back at the house of Hades and start again and do another run. Um, that's it at a very basic level. But when you start playing the game, more of what that game has to offer starts showing itself to you mm. very, very slowly over the course of time, whether it's like you you do one run and then the run after it, you discover, oh, there's different weapons you can use. You start off with the sword, but then there's also like the spear and the bow and the shield and there's different options that you can have when you go into it. But then when you're in the, the actual hell maze, you get offered boons by the different gods of Olympus that are all... So, like, you're standing, like, Poseidon and uh, Zeus and Athena and all these people that all morph your abilities. They empower your abilities, but give them different effects at the same time, which is is doing the, the roguelike thing of making sure your run is never the same. So not only are you not, you're running through maps that are always changing, you're creating on-the-fly builds based on yeah. what gods are offering boons to you or what ways you can manipulate it so that you get the boons that you want and then so that that is and that's always really interesting because like the the boons themselves always they change your abilities to such a degree mm-hmm. that you it, it always makes combat feel different where which is not which is hard to do in a game like that because there are games that are like stuff like rogue legacy and like all the other roguelikes where it's like oh it's different every time you play it yeah the actual mechanic of playing the game is the same, generally speaking. In Hades, because it's changing the maps and also the weapon and also the boons, it legitimately feels like the the trailer and stuff talks about how there's millions of different combinations and you could believe it because yeah, there are too. so many different boons that you could do in so many different configurations. And but I think it, the thing for me, because I, I gen... I was going to say I generally don't really like roguelikes of this type, 
But then I think about like like a couple of the ones I've actually liked. Either take the roguelike stuff and don't do it as like a two D action, like an action game stuff, yeah. like other, stuff like Other Side or the or that or um, was that other was that other game that I talked about ages ago, Streets of Something? It's like a two D pixel art. Oh like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what you mean. I can't remember what it's um, called, but yeah, I know. yeah, that thing where it's like that's not really about the two D action. That's about system manipulation, that kind of stuff. Like I am, yeah, like I was. Like I'm like one of five people on the planet that thought Rogue Legacy was not a great game and just mm-hmm. could not connect with it at all. I thought I actually controlled terribly, but that's a whole different argument. Um yeah. for the thing about Rogue Legacy specifically was that you would start runs and know your run was fucked, like from the jump. Yeah. You'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not gonna do anything here, I'm just gonna use this run to farm gold. Like I have not like I've spent what, five hours, six hours or something with Hades at this point. Um, there hasn't been a run yet where I'm like, I'm just not going to get, I'm not I'm not going to try and get finish this game this time. Like every, every run so far has felt possible until something yeah. has come up where it's been like, okay, no, I fucked that up. Or you've mm-hmm. got further and there's a new enemy and you're like, I have zero idea how to deal with you. Or yeah. something has come up that has changed what, so it's yeah. it, it, it's something that I've talked to other people about as well, where it's a combination of two things, where one, that game is, that game plays the actual like physical of you playing it mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah. Like it, it feels amazing to play because Supergiant are, are probably the best at that sort of isometric action combat sort of thing. Yeah. Because like if you look at, the behind-the-scenes documentaries that have been on, like Giant Bomb and No Clip and all that sort of stuff, yeah. they talk about reverence for stuff like fighting games and strategy games and all these totally. other things. That the means that Super Giant better than anybody probably understands how useful it is to have the perfect amount of iframes on totally. anything. Yeah, because like when you start thinking about when you give a character a dash like Zagreus has, you start going, "Well, what does that dash do? How does that dash affect movement in the world?" How long should he be invulnerable in that dash, and how does that affect how the combat works and all that sort of stuff? And totally. Supergiant are at their core amazing at understanding that the also- Zagreus has like Zagreus has amazing movement. His dashes are both useful, fun to use, and have the perfect amount of like risk reward in them. Where you know if you dash at the right time, you'll get out of combat, but it is such a fine line between you dashing at the right time and you dashing at exactly the wrong time yeah that it also you, feels like it feels yeah. like they've mastered or not mastered it feels like they've they've really dialed in the like all of that stuff is obviously there like your iframes mm. and exactly how long you've gotten that on a dash and all this kind of stuff and like they've they've dialed all that in but it's so polished that you don't actually think about it like i i know no. that's what's i know that's what's happening and I know that if I dash at this time, I'll get out of this attack. But I'm not actually thinking about things like iframes and like I'm no, just gonna, the, the, they've the got actual, it in such a actual, way where it's a flow that you just kind of you yeah, start to just learn say, the, how stuff actual, fits together. The act of playing that game is incredibly fluid. Like it's just things just work the way you think they're gonna yeah. work, and they just you just do it and it, it works. And like it it's, yeah, and then like to to transition out that into like some of the narrative stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the the so I I was 
messaging you about this um, over the weekend where I got uh, the the mixture of boons and stuff that you get from the gods I mean you end up with some wild builds yeah totally that game. Yeah. so I ended up with I really I'm mainly playing with the spear at the minute I've started messing sure. around with the, yeah. the fists but I, I, I really like the spear at the, at the minute so I got the boon that basically lets you hold down the button you know continually attack with your main attack that yeah. attack but after leveling up became like 75% faster and had deflect. So there's definitely a yeah. moment where like, if you, especially the like fighting Meg, who's the first like area boss, like mm-hmm. you just hold down the button and like all of her, oh, it's actually, no, it's not, it's not Meg. It's the, um, it's the, what's the second level? The Hydra? Is that right? Bone, Bone Hydra, yeah. Bone Hydra. That's the one where you're just like, you just hold the button down because like they're continually throwing the bolts that you can deflect, you can stand far enough mm-hmm. away where they can't attack you, and you just stand in the middle and just like spin everything that comes at you. I just like, like I, I'd gone from struggling to defeat Meg the first time to stomping on her, getting to the second area for the first time, stomping the Bone Hydra and getting to the third area in one go. And I'm like, this yeah. seems fundamentally broken and then i got like halfway through stage three it was like oh fuck and then immediately died yeah. um, so that's the 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 turning point of that game about whether or not your your build is good enough at that point is the third level is elysium yeah because that's when that game so it, it's it, it again this is part of how well this game is designed it spends the first two areas being like the first area is kind of like you start you've got your kind of like your foundation and like you understanding what what direction you're going to go down the second one is like you need to start worrying more about your build but also you need to be able to move because there's like lava everywhere so you need to be able to like dash and effectively can your build hold up to hazards and motion and all that an incredibly important thing that game is you should basically be dashing at all times times. so if you can't yeah so if you can't do that level two fucks you because you're just going to get end up in shit places and then three is the point at which it turns and goes like okay your build is coming together and you can move let's see if you could really handle it and then like more people and the the people that i've told to play this game more people fail in act three than nearly anywhere else in the game other than the final boss because that's its own thing but like more people if they get through act three will then get through act four and get to the final boss three is a real checkpoint in that right. game of like is this really good enough for you to be able to do something totally um so the, the thing about so after doing that after doing the 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 blitz where i got to like midway through act three mm. um it, it raised this really interesting thing right because the narrative part of that game is them drip feeding is probably the wrong word but like weaving no, the it, fact weaving the fact that you're continually dying and going back and so yeah, learning it's, more it's, about the world. That's the, the 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 next angle when it starts showing you more of what that game is. Yeah, where a lot of roguelikes will sort of sort of they they'll they'll make really really good mechanics and then sort of rest on their laurels and sort of they've got they've got the really good like roguelike mechanic or whatever and then just sort of like build a world around it or there's like, like the, or there's like six parts to the story that you unlock as you progress through all the worlds and like you if yeah. you don't get through when you get attack three you get the third part of the story and that's it and then you just keep going until you get to the fourth part you know but because um, because they, the, the very clearly these people have played a lot of roguelikes and they've sat and thought about it they've evolved 
how you go about telling a story in a roguelike, which is you treat it the same as you do when you do a run, which is incremental and reactionary, mm-hmm. which is you're not going to get, there's not a burst of story that happens. You're basically, you're interacting with a lot of characters that all have either individual stories or stories that overlap or yeah. side stories or their own things going on that this game kind of takes a little bit of stuff from like visual novels and stuff like that, yeah, where sure. talking to people drives the story of what they are trying to tell you, but also furthers the narrative as a whole. And then there are mechanics behind like gift giving that increases their affinity towards you and other stuff that yeah. drive the, so the, the story is told drip feeding's right, but drip feeding, um, I don't know how sort of negative connotations. It's yeah. more incremental, like the mechanics of the game, where it slowly builds the story of these characters over the runs. And it's reactionary in the sense that the characters will mirror what has gone on in the maze. So like the obvious one about that is that you've got Hypnos, who is like the um sort of like the the oh what's the word like the administrator he basically signs people in to hell like tells them why they died and gets them in the queue to go and talk to hades yeah but every time you die and he's there and you go talk to him he'll be like oh you died to x oh that's weird like you shouldn't have done this and blah blah so that's at its very base level that character is just basically going to reflect how you died back to you but and, then, that's, and that's a very that's a very super giant thing like since bastian like the narrator in that thing has always been they set this tone of like the narration and the um like the game the, the game recognizing what's happening in the game and tying that directly to the narrative where weirdly yeah, enough absolutely. like this is the first roguelike actually this, yeah this is the first roguelike with a story i've seen so far that the narrative understands that you're going to die a lot which sounds weird right yeah. it's, it sounds mm-hmm. like rather than being punished for dying in a roguelike by not getting to see the next part of the story like the story understands that you're going to be cycling through here a lot and directly references that fact and uses that to tell parts of the story where there's stuff yeah, like um because yeah like there's the obvious ones like when you die it will go back and say hey you died to the whatever but there's like more subtle ones where like when you're out in the maze um as you get boons from people from the gods the gods will refer to previous gods who have already given you boons and stuff like that so yeah. like so i definitely mm-hmm. had a thing that like when i got um Who's the god of uh, wine? Um, Dionysus. Dionysus. I got a Dionysus boon who directly referred to the fact that Persephone had already got to me and was like, ah, so you already had... Like, all of that kind of stuff, which is super cool. So again, that is even... So that's, that's, that's two turns that game's doing where it's like, it's doing the thing of going... Uh, oh yeah, all the runs are going to be different because now you've got this Dionysus buff, which is different to everything you've ever had before. And then it turns by going, we're going to reflect that back in the story by going like, oh, here's all the other boons that you have. Let's like expand the story of the the gods of Olympus by like how they react to each other. Yeah. But then there's a third turn as you get further into that game where the gods then start interacting with each other that then opens up a like different kind of boon that yeah. is a dual boon that is kind of like a bit of one and a bit of the other, or it means that their two boons react together. And it is... Should we we be talking about this? Is this too... Yeah, like, well, no, because it happens. Like, it's not a... I don't think it's a spoiler. Like, it's Yeah, okay, sure. It's a a mechanic in that game, but it is... Like, I'm not going to say explicitly what they all do, because that that would spoil it. It's more interesting to see what they do than it is that it happens. 
but I, I um, do. Yeah, I do so like. It's, it's, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm demonstrating how clever this game is with its own, sure, its own ideas, where it can, it can flip its own ideas on, not even on their head, just like make them interact with each other in different ways to then reflect back on a different aspect of the game. Totally. It's and also like I this in terms of how they're setting because like this like they this ain't the first video game the Greek gods in it right but they no, do a really not, cool. Yeah. There's like multiple levels to the presentation of it as well, where the gods themselves are super interestingly designed. Like all of them look yeah. awesome and are not like the, the art in general in this game is astounding. Oh like, yeah, it is like apart from incredible looking thing. Like apart from maybe Zeus, like none of them have the look, the traditional look you expect from video games. Yeah, like the, the ones that the ones that like Zeus and Athena are the two that are kind of Athena very, maybe. not traditional. Not traditional, but like they look how if you thought about Zeus or Athena, that's kind of what they would look like. Totally. The rest are all kind of different. And I think um, it, it shows you as well the the kind of the 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 extra level that I think Supergiant go to with some of the stuff where they were asked specifically. I can't remember who it was. I think it was a Kotaku article, um, but they were asked specifically like a lot of your like you have a lot of. Um, like a lot of your a lot of your Greek gods are like people of color, right? And you're like, yeah. that's new. Like, we nobody's ever really represented the Greek gods as black or, or as non-white even. And you're like, yeah. I, I think when they're interviewing them, they're like, where did like why why that? Like, it's a good thing, but like, why did you go down that route? And I think it was Greg Kasavin actually, who's the head of Supergiant, was like, well, we we're, we obviously did a lot of research into Greek gods at this point, and it very quickly becomes clear that the Greek gods are worshipped by the greeks but are never actually said to be greek right yeah so it makes sense that they don't like all the, look the greek like the the demi, demigods stuff that the, the gods that are like part human are usually greek but that's not only because a god came down and fucked a greek person and made this demigod yeah but the gods themselves are yeah are never explicitly said as a but greek. also that they're never they're never proclaimed to be Greek or are never intended no. to be read as Greek, right? So they're just like, so yeah, we can do whatever we want with these characters because they're just worshipped by the Greeks, with a couple of exceptions. Yeah, they could be like anything. Said. So there's like yeah. that's awesome that you went that extra step and be like, because it, be, it would be very easy to do this game in a very very traditional Greek god video yeah, game way, yeah. right? And yeah. they've kind of gone that extra level and have really gone deep on like I, I've, I've said many times like the art that Supergiant produces is incredible. Like there are very yep. few studios output that i want to put up my wall and there's a transistor poster on its way to me somewhere in the uk right now like it's that kind of yeah. level of like i want to hang this r up but on top of that like having that level of detail on there where they've really thought about it and then also like narratively there's some super interesting stuff in there like even at the point where, as early on that I, I am like i love the idea of the underworld as being so run-of-the-mill at this point that it's just like Hades is admired in paperwork. Like, I don't know what it yeah. is about that, that I just love that concept of like, the, yeah, Hades is just the, a fucking the, paper pusher. And like, like, yeah, every time every every time you come back to the house of Hades and you see where Hades sits, it's behind a desk with a queue of souls in front of him just yeah. sort of checking them in and yeah. like saying, and there's really interesting stuff like later as you go further down about like Zagreus's place and all of that yeah. that makes it even more interesting yeah um but yeah it's part of the 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 roguelike mechanic of um like incremental growth of the the player power 
Like in mm. this game, it's the it's the mirror of Nyx, where you yes. can like spend one of your currencies to get like slightly more health or damage from behind, like extra dashes or whatever. Yeah. Extra dashes, extra lives, that sort of thing, where you get like, and they're permanent, so that is your incremental increase in power as you do more runs. Yeah, but that is then reflected back by like, oh, how do you, how do I even, I'm trying to explain how this works, where. Ah, uh, yeah. the the fur- The further that you go, the further that you go, and you see the player power increase, like you as the player mm-hmm. making Zagreus incrementally incrementally more powerful. That is what is triggering the furthering of like Zagreus's story about his past and yeah, like why he so wants to leave and stuff like that. So it's, it's the thing that is everything is all looping together that is causing this. And I also really enjoy um, that it, none of it is particularly telegraphed where it's not like there's a point where like there's nothing on screen i mean there never usually is but there's nothing on screen that says like complete 17 more encounters to trigger the next part of the story like it just seems like it's a really good thing where you'll come back like you'll die and you'll come back and something will be different or somebody will have a conversation with you that's not there or there'll be a new character there or something like that and like and even out in the maze there's stuff i really like where because I was worried that, like, because I'd sprinted past most of Act Two with that mm. one amazing run I'd done, that I was going to miss some stuff, or like because they weren't expecting. But they've obviously taken into account the fact that people will just have amazing runs sometimes. Um, yeah. Because what what happened is like I did my amazing run, and then like four or five runs later, like halfway through Act Two. I got um I can't remember the character's name. I was gonna say Dionysus, but that's the god. But the 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 god who's voiced by I assume it's well maybe it's not voiced by Ashley Barrett, but it's the one where like she's singing in the room and she gives Oh you a- uh Eurydice. Is that Eurydice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like she randomly appeared and it's like, this is a whole new character with a whole new voice acted character who's obviously going to be important yep. because it's like music is always a big part of these games and you're like well okay sure and this was unexpected and then she's like cool see it and you walk away and you're like yeah what is what happened like who is this it's yeah this whole yeah there are whole characters and interactions that are get in that game that are so fleeting and all yeah. the and also rare because yeah. they are in rooms within the dungeon or whatever that is they also then go back and expand stories of other characters that you've met. Totally. It's 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 crazy how well they thought about it. Yeah. Um it's also yeah. um to, just to, to continue the style thing, like another amazing soundtrack on a super giant game. Oh, like God. just yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially I really like it sounds really dumb, but I really like the uh the first act music where if you listen to it in the soundtrack because they've been putting they've been slowly rolling out tracks from the soundtrack on the run-up to yeah. the, the the one that's your launch to this game and like the act one soundtrack is like if you listen to it on the on the actual soundtrack it is like it has all of the different phases of that song like mixed together into like a, a single flowing thing so as that as, as act one goes further like the music kind of evolves and then you finally get to the meg boss fight and like the fucking guitars kick in, you're like, Fuck, yeah, the, yes, this is great, awesome. The expand the expansion of how that that soundtrack also works dynamically through the dungeons and mm. stuff like that is is crazy. How well they pulled that off, yeah. um, especially yeah. with the with, with like Eurydice and stuff like that. That 
the reflection of her music and stuff like that and how that works is yeah. mental. It's yeah, yeah. There's every single part of this has been so well thought out. Totally. It definitely and- it definitely feels like because there's definitely a point with the roguelikes I've played so far where you get to the point where you're like, I understand how all of this fits together now. And it's just a case of actually just playing it and actually getting through it and all that kind of stuff. It definitely seems like there's a whole bunch of stuff I haven't even thought about yet that is gonna that's gonna appear in this game, and I, like I want to see it roll out. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 the it's the it's the expansion of everything that keeps that I, I that like keeps me coming back to it. It's not only just because it's an amazing game to just sit and play, but like the the fact that this story is being told from multiple different angles that is reactive to how I interact with that game totally. is yep. it's yep. brilliant. And it's like how it's, it's how a story should be told in a video game like that. Cause it makes total sense. Yeah. And it's also yeah, very it's, obvious. It's, that it's, it's, brilliant. It's, it's very obvious that it's not easy either. Like this thing yeah, totally. yeah. to, to kind of wrap back around to what we're talking about at the start. Like the fact this thing has been through two years, a year of early access, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it's two, but yeah, two years. Um, really shows that it gives them the chance to really work out, and like I can only imagine what the the data they're gathering about how people are doing this game helped during the early access, where you could look at it and go like, okay, a lot of people are getting stuck at this point in in Act One, or these enemies are are really yeah stopping yeah. people, and it really does feel like they've honed it to a point where, and honed it is not like that. Sometimes has the connotation where like. Like, I really felt it in... This is going to sound really weird, but go with me. See the jump between Portal 1 and Portal 2, right? Mm-hmm. Where Portal 1 mm-hmm. was... I mean, Portal 1 was already very unique and had a bunch of stuff in it. But it was like... There were definitely puzzles in that thing that were hard. And then you what, you listen to the director's commentary for Portal 2, which is built into the game in the, that kind of Valve way that they, they've done. And they yeah. constantly talk about different parts of a level that were like focus tested and like we tried this with like 20 people and this particular corner kept catching them so we had to shit and it i don't know whether it was after hearing that and then playing that game or or while i'm playing that game but like that game felt focus tested to the point where there were no sharp edges anymore and that's not good like you can definitely over sharpen something is what i mean like that game did not feel as involved or complicated as the first game to me like it felt like it felt like that game was designed to be finished which is a different thing than you than something like Hades which is designed to be fun right yeah that game is designed Mm -hmm. where it wants to continue to pull you through it but still wants to provide a challenge and it's that fine line between like we need to give you enough stuff to keep you interested in playing and want to keep going but also it can't be too easy where you just like it doesn't become fun to play because you're constantly getting new stuff, but you're not really making the effort. Yeah. Like not only is this, mm-hmm. this game is not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it is, it gives you the, the reasons to continue going on. Um, that really pull you through. Even, if, even when you're like constantly hitting, like, like that, there also hasn't been a game in a while. That's made me feel as dumb as Hades does. Like yeah. the times where, especially in act two, that I'm consistently getting to act two, the amount of times I've died in lava is embarrassing. Just because, like, oh, sure. just because, like, I've misjudged a dash, or I've been so focused on a group of enemies or pulling something off that I haven't realized where I am actually on screen. 
and I yeah. just stood, stood in lava to her. And they don't fuck around with the lava. Like, the lava will do some fucking damage in no, a thing the, where the, health the, is... The lava, the lava not only hurts, but it also, like, ticks up in increments of damage. Yeah. So it's... It, it just it screws you really quickly if and you especially when health long. when health is so precious and you don't get like you don't you don't get your health back between acts like it is literally just like yeah. you have to fucking pay for it if you want your health back um and yeah like just the traps and stuff like the spike traps and stuff like i've died on spike traps mm-hmm. they do five damage like it's just yeah. it's so everybody yes yeah, it's so it makes you feel dumb in such a great way we are like, f- like again like when you die, you know it was your fault. It was. It, oh, there, absolutely. There hasn't been a death so I've, far I've, that's been like, oh, that, I've never that felt was the cheated game. by this game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've, uh, never, I've never felt cheated by playing um, Hades. It's always been me fucking up, or yeah. like especially when I get to like the f- the first time I almost beat the last boss mm-hmm. was it, it made me so mad because I knew I knew instantly when it happened how I fucked up. Like and it, I knew it was me. I misread an attack and was standing in the wrong place, and it made me so mad. And then I reflected on it, and I was like, "But the fact that I was able to tell that within about two seconds of it happening yep. is testament to how well that game is put together." Where totally, you, you can tell just based on animation and reads how like de- how delicate those animations and stuff are and yep. how exactly what's going to happen so it's now and it's now a, a mistake i've never made ever again because totally. i'm watching for that and i know exactly what it looks like at this point because it killed me that one time <laughs> yeah and yeah. weirdly enough never this gonna game, ever again. weirdly this game made me reinstall uh fury um like oh some, yeah something yeah, yeah. about this game has been like man i should go back and play fury again like so i've thought i've thought about doing that for a while now of going like man remember how good fury was Fury's, like that yeah was, like yeah. Fury, and again like fury is not one of those things which is like that is not a style of game that i am at all usually interested in no really care yeah, about not at all and i was just like yeah there's something about that game that is just like because i never finished it i never got i never beat the final boss i just it kept oh that's sad right you yeah. should beat that oh no wait that's... did i did I beat the final boss? Well, no, because we had we had this argument before about what you thought the final boss was. And then I was like, no, it's not that. Like that's because there's like two endings to that game, right? Yeah. There's like yeah. Well, there's like three now, but yeah, that's. Oh really? Okay. Well, yeah. I yeah. should go. I should go back and play that game again. Anyway, you should. Um... Yeah, I I I have thought about going back and playing Fury a lot, but um probably should. Especially because yeah, I'm only get it once um, playing it as the older I get, which is so. Hades Hades is something really special yep. and people should play it like as quickly as possible and experience totally. it for themselves because and if, you is... need, if you need more we've got a video on the site of yeah. Helm running through it for you can, you can see you, you'll be able to tell watching the video that has already gone up um yeah. whether or not it's, instantly you'll be able to tell watching that video whether or not that thing you th- is something you want to play but even if you watch that and you don't you're not convinced that you'll like it like I would, I would even be as far as to say that you should probably try it regardless of whether or not you think you'll like it based on the video because it's so well put together and there is something in there that most people could enjoy, even if it's just like the story or whatever. Totally. That thing. And yeah, it's, it's also, it's also like 20 it's, quid on Steam. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not a full, it's not like, it's not massive no, investment. It's, it's an indie game price is what the people used to say. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Cool. The the yeah, there's so much about it that's so good. Yeah. I'll say again, the guy the guy that voice acted voice acted um Oh right, we haven't even talked about actors. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that. Like all of the voice acting in this game is excellent. Like I Yeah. 
It's like, all fantastic. Every, every character is like unique and well acted and written differently that makes them gives them more character and it's, and it, it's it really go- yeah, it really goes down to this the skill of Supergiant to write these characters where like the the, the easy way to write Zagoras as a character is yeah. to just be a shitty teen and just, yeah, be, like, just be like a, a petulant teenager who hates his dad. Yeah, but... just like fuck you, dad. I'm trying to escape and like and there is like a bit of that, but like also Zagoras is like he's one of the oh, most Zagor- likable characters in the Gator variant yeah. I've played in a while. Like he's he, Zag- he obviously... Zagoras is one of the most endearing, yeah, likable, relatable characters that I've seen in a video game for years. Like it is because yes, he doesn't like he, yes, he's sick with the underworld and yes, he's not the biggest fan of his dad but also like he's also really he obviously loves this world and like all of the characters yeah. that are in it like he has a soft spot for all of them including he's genuinely like nice to everybody totally. and so like, like is is not it's not trying to escape the underworld maliciously like he is just he just feels like it's something he has to do so like yeah. the people he meets he's not mean to no. or doesn't even even the ones that are trying to get in his way he's just like yeah i understand it's your job or yeah, whatever totally. like that's like the... even even the stuff like um so there's a character in there called dusa who is i yeah. assume supposed to be like i mean obviously don't spoil anything but she's like a like a medusa sprite almost like she's not a medusa. She's, she's a gorgon yeah she's a, a gorgon, gorgon head yeah. For some reason. yeah yeah Gor- gorgons in this universe are apparently just floating heads for totally. some reason but, but like has it has yeah. like but it's not like it's not styled like the other characters. Like she almost has like an almost chibi look to her. Like it's, it's yeah, weird. Yeah. But obviously, like she's like the caretaker of of the 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 hall of Hades, House of Hades, House of Hades. and like obviously has a thing for Zagoras and like does the like Japanese visual novel like schoolgirl fawning over the person they have a crush yeah. on thing. And like again, that would be super easy for you to write Zagoras in a way where you're just like what the fuck is all of this? But like, he seems genuinely like, like does not rip her apart for it. Like, no, he's, like, he's super, he's super nice to her. And yeah. like, she, and like her reaction of like, just going all schoolgirl and then floating off into the rafters totally. or whatever. He is, he is not bemused by it, but every time she does it, he's just like, oh, okay. oh well, okay. Okay. Just walks off. Like, yeah. it's not crazy about it. Like, I also say like, I'm glad to see Twitter's agreed with me on some of this. This game is horny as fuck. Like, there's something... There's, like, an undertone to this game. Or it's not even an undertone in some cases, but, like, there is a level of... I'm actually trying to do this in a serious way. Like, it's not... I'm not doing it for laughs. No, I don't. I don't. There is a really good... There's a really positive air of sexuality to this whole game. Like, it's not played... It's not played, like like god of war is where it's like it's just pure titillation and it's also not done yeah. like a like it's not a porn game there's like there's a healthy level of like adult flirting and sexuality in this game that i really appreciate yeah. that in a mm-hmm. way that's like yeah you can tell that like yeah you can tell like him and uh, and meg have had a thing in the past at some point right and yeah. she's actually like i really enjoy the line uh, I can't remember. I, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it's like when you fought Meg for the twentieth time through that thing, and she says like, "Oh, it's, it, you'll eventually taste the sting of my whip." And he says like, "It wouldn't be the first time." And you just yeah. start fighting. And you're like, "Yeah, there's like a really healthy level of like 
and it's really like it's really well handled and it's not done for like i say it's not done for titillation it's not done for like it's just like yo these are characters that yeah they're people that have they're, they're people that fuck right like this is what yeah. this is what we're talking about and when you start when when you start thinking about that in the context of that's a game the game set and featuring ancient greeks who totally. those people's like to fuck like they yeah, were totally like that's baked into yeah. the mythology they're pulling from right and yeah. like most of that is like a lot of that has yeah yes exactly it's baked into that mythology so it's good that they've done it in a way that's not just like like and, and like all of the all of the styling of the characters all make sense where like of course Persephone is the character that is like all of her clothes are her hair because that makes sense contextually yeah. for that character and yeah. what, what her god what it is but like none of the other like none of the other characters are done in like exploitative ways no like it all just like, even, feels right like even like when you when you look at other gods even somebody like Ares who is like the god of war yeah there is this there there is this weird sort of like Air, not air of sexuality, but like it is a the way he is styled is like feminine, but also masculine to the point of it being making sense to the, for a god of war. Totally, but it is, but it's not like over the top. Like again, like God of War, where it is like Ares is just a huge muscular dude. Ares in this game seems more like tactical and thoughtful yes. as opposed to just being rampant murder. To the totally. point where there's that that sort of angle of that, but yeah, it's there's like a strength to um that is not the traditional video game strength. Yeah. It's like exactly yeah, like I like it's kind of what we said earlier. Like none of the characters are done in the traditional Greek god in a video game way. Like they're all handled differently and smartly yeah. and interestingly. Like these characters are, I am more interested in any of these characters than I ever have in any of the God of War games. Like it just doesn't. Um, they're just done in such a, a, a unique way that I really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you said, the voice acting is really good. Like Amazing, really good. yeah. Especially when the guy, the, guy, the guy doing Dionysus had such a fun yeah, time with that. He is where he, his he's job. The, like, well, like he's he is the god of wine and partying and all that stuff. But he plays it in such a languished, chilled out sort of like yeah, whatever sort of like anything goes sort of way. Yep. That is, it's so great and really endearing. And yep, like, sure. it's, not, it's not just like your typical like Dionysus, where it's just like, oh yeah, he's a fat dude that really likes wine. Totally. Like, it's this sort of, instead of it being about excess, it, it is about excess, but it's more all encompassing excess. It's just like parties and yep. the, the, wine is, the, the wine is there as a lubricant as opposed to the entire point of the character. Totally. It's more just about you enjoying yourself and having yeah it's, it's great and all of that's really good characters. yeah and all of that's reflected in both the dialogue and the voice acting itself it's yeah yep, it's absolutely. such it's such a cool game it really is it's an amazing um, thing yeah cool we should go into to break um yes. so it's your music this week, it is it? and i had a choice and i had to make a choice based on whether you would let me fucking do it or not so a thing that will probably never get featured in this podcast i'd like to very briefly mention the soundtrack to Other Side is so dumb. Oh, yeah. In the best no, I'm okay way. with that. Like, if you wanted to do that, I'm okay so, with but, it. But like, the problem, no, but the problem is, I'm not. But the problem is that, like, that soundtrack is so tied to the experience of that game. Like, it doesn't make... So, like, for, for reference, like, the Other Side soundtrack 
is a mixture of like some of it is is slightly more orchestrated with like a kind of it's orchestrated but with like a subtle like almost nine inch nailsy feel underneath it but then the like yeah. the intro track and the boss tracks are just like straight up mid aughts emo rock with like screamo vocals and it's we you messaged me about it and you compared it a lot to Devil May Cry Five. Yeah, and like, you like you liked me a song. Yeah, and I listened to it, and then the the point at which the it kicked in. I'll just yeah. say that your yeah. of it kicked in made me laugh in the same way that Devil Trigger did. Yes, totally. And that and that's not a laughter out of oh god this is shit, but it is like oh my god, what the hell are they doing? Totally. And like, the, so, the best way possible of like, what is going on here? Like, this is so, so crazy. For, so for reference, like, this is not a spoiler, but like, the, so other sides split into eras, I think they call them. Each one of them has like a boss. Sure. And the boss, the first boss after the end of the first era has two forms, let's say, stages-ish. Mm-hmm. And that game directly ties as far as i can tell directly to ties the hp of the boss to how intense is the music so like oh when that boss transitions into the second stage is when the emo vocals kick in and i was sitting so, there yeah i was sitting there on my couch playing this and like it got to the point where he transform or does his second stage and transforms and like the fucking vocals kicked in and i was how like i was like fuck yeah let's do this yes yes yeah, so you've, was, you've just had You've had the same experience that um, every Final Fantasy fourteen player has had when they fight Shiva for the first time. Oh, really? Because that has that moment of it's it's. I think I've talked about this before, but I'll talk about it anytime I get the opportunity. Where it's, 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 it's let, let, let's 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 do the music. Do let's after, cut to yeah, break, yeah. and then we can talk about this because I, I do want to hear about that because it's such a great moment. But actually, the th- the thing I'm actually going to play because I'll. I will play it anytime at this point is I want to play something from the Paradise Killer soundtrack because that soundtrack oh, is yeah, sure. excellent. It's also huge, which I didn't realize. Yeah, there's so many tracks in that thing. Um, and you, cl- you like, you cl- like, we talked about it. We talked about Paradise Killer last time and there's a video on the site now actually which people should watch because you'll know very quickly about whether you want to play that game. Um, the soundtrack is collectible in the game. Like you collect it on tapes mm-hmm. in the game and then you can flick through them on there. There are more tracks than I picked up for sure. Um, yeah. So I I want to go back, and I've just realised I closed the tab where I was going to get the name of the track. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so I'm going to play a track called "Headlights on the Shore," which is probably my favourite track that I know about on this soundtrack. Um, I was going to say that's hard to say when the soundtrack's like totally. eighty tracks long and you don't know half of them. Yeah. Um, "Headlights on the Shore," and I'm. This is going to sound weird. I'm going to cut this track in a slightly different way than I normally do, where I will normally put soundtracks in the podcast played from the start and then we'll kick in at the point where the thing starts i'm going to start this track three quarters of the way through because this track is excellent and then the guitar solo kicks in and it becomes incredible so i'm gonna do a bit just before the guitar solo kicks in and it just like if you want a song that to me encompasses like the whole vibe of that game it's probably this one it's excellent. So this is Headlights on the Shore from the Paradise Killer soundtrack. Um, and we'll be back with all of the next-gen console news after this. <laughs>
so that was Headlights on the Shore from the Paradise Killer original soundtrack. Um, check the post for links so you can pick that up. And also check the it's video very good. on the website <laughs> to see more about that game. Because I will tell you now, having finished it, we will be talking about that game at the end of the year. So you should yeah. probably play it. Very good. Um, my guitar, my guitar kicks in. Like, yeah, a... totally. Uh, yeah, sorry. Very briefly, so, yeah. tell me about this Final Fantasy fourteen. So yeah, the, the point, the point I was going to make when you were talking about the other side thing, where like the mechanic ties into the kicking in the music. Yeah. So when you fight Shiva, um, it's she's a two phase fight, um, and in phase one, it's just like your regular sort of like ethereal boss music. It's just like chanting and like yeah, yeah. it's Shiva. So there's like xylophones and stuff that make it sound yep. like it's snowing. Uh, but then when she gets to half health, she casts Diamond Dust on the entire raid group. Right. So she does her like big circle around everybody and everybody gets frozen in uh, ice. And then she she does the normal Shiva thing, which is she frees everybody and she collects her fingers and breaks the thing. So she does that, puts everybody in ice and gets in the middle of the arena and clicks her fingers. And you break out, but your screen also breaks. And then it kicks in from this like choir ethereal thing to fucking j-rock and <laughs> the, the when the click happens the the song starts with this really aggressive like guitar it's like one card but it does it in the sort of like j-rock way of just doing it over and over again yeah and the first time i fought that i fought it in a room full of my entire friend group who were all playing it at the same time and she did it and we were all like, oh my, she's casting Diamond Dust. That's great. And she clicked her fingers and we all heard that. And almost in unison, everybody was like, fucking yes. <laughs> this is yep. so good. Like it is the the way that it turns and then it kicks into the second phase of the fight, which is way more frenetic. And she like ices the ground. So like you f- slip everywhere and fall around and stuff. Yeah. So it is like this proper tonal shift that, it's mirrored in the music that I've never seen another game do as successfully as that thing is done. Totally. It sounds like other side pulls it off as well. It does. Which... It's like especially that moment where, like, if you sit on the if you sit on the the start screen um, for a while, you get some of that, and you're like, okay, they're using that influence as their soundtrack, and that's cool, and it's a nice, cool mix, and then all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the first time, and you don't get any of that until that first boss fight. And then you're like, oh, you're fucking going for it. Like, you've picked a style and are just like, all right, sure. Like, it sounds like, how is that described to you? It was like, what happens if Evanescence did the Devil May Cry soundtrack? I think was what I described yeah, it as. it was something like that. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that, um, that's, that's it was, like. It was, yeah, like I said, like, you played that song for me and I, I laughed, but in, yeah. like, the best way yeah. of, like, fucking who does this? Like, yeah. the only other people that does do that are Devil May Cry. Like, that is... Yeah, that is the, the devil trigger effect of them going. Are they really doing this? Like, what is the song? But yeah, it's yeah. it's great. And I, th- I think it specifically works for other side because, like, that game has a, a style and a an aesthetic and a kind of tone that I don't know how it manages to pull it off. But it is so like. Remember all the shit that. Um, Who's the guy that drew Spawn that everyone rips the shit out of? Uh, Todd McFarlane. <laughs> Todd McFarlane. You know, like his stuff, like has basically at this point just become a laughing stock. Where you're like, it's the kind of yeah. gritty, gritty, like fake gritty. Like I'm drawing chains yeah. on the back of my notebook oh, in school. How, yeah, look, look how, how dark, dark everything I, is. Exactly. It's, like it feels like it's got that, but it's like it's elevated and more stylistic. 
and it takes itself seriously, but also like you believe it when it tells you that it's taking it seriously. You're like, yeah, yeah of course, totally. this, yeah, okay, sure, this makes sense. Like you'll see it when we you'll see it when we play it, but it's that game pulls off a lot that it should not be able to pull off and has no right yeah. to be able to pull off. It's really cool. Um, okay, so news time. There are all of the console stuff happened basically since the last time we talked. Where we don't need to go into too many details because, like, anyone who would listen to this probably already knows them all. Um, yeah. But there's two Xboxes, and I'm going to do the UK prices because we have them. The Series X four four nine, Series S two four nine. So two hundred two hundred pound difference. Did, that, did all of this really happen in the last two weeks? Yep. Did we not so, talk about the nope. Xbox thing last week? The, the Xbox Jesus, thing leaked okay. to. I think the Xbox stuff leaked the week the last episode went up. And then it's Jesus, been, okay. And then it's enough. been two weeks since then. So, um, September 9th was when this came. Oh, maybe we. Hmm. Let me just very quickly. I don't. It's just because I don't want to repeat myself. The last time we did this, it was the 15th. Okay, so we must have talked about the Xbox then. Yeah, I'm fairly the sure we talked about that. I'm fairly sure we did. Okay. Well, we. Okay. So the Xbox stuff we did. Okay, that's fine. Oh yeah, because we talked about the yes, we did. We had a long conversation with the Xbox, right? You're right, totally. Yeah, um, it was so a longer Sony, than I thought. Podcast, like that yes. was the, yeah. Um, and then the Sony stuff is the stuff that's happened since um, since that. So the sixty, so the Sony stuff happened the day after the last podcast went up, and it was the sixteenth was the event where they announced everything, and the last episode went up on the fifteenth. So, um. So yeah, the Sony stuff, um, again, the short part of it. Um, I don't have the UK prices here, which is really annoying. I thought I'd bookmark them, but I don't have them to hand. Um, I'm going to very quickly check their Twitter account because that will have it. Um, it'll have, I assume, I, if it's not their pinned tweet, I'm not surprised. There we go, it is their pinned tweet. Um, PlayStation 5, 449 or 450 um, for the full one. And then digital edition is 359. So that yeah. is, um, what, 90 quid? No. Yeah. Yes, 90 quid difference. Yeah. So again, the difference between the two of them. And again, weirdly enough, they have not ever come out and say this, said this explicitly, which seems crazy to me, but the only difference between the two of them is disk drive. They have the same internals, the same specs. Yeah. They are exactly I mean, that the was, same. That, that was part of the whole fuck up with their whole entire... Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to... Thing of like, yeah we'll get to that but like just to be clear for people who are still don't don't have not properly heard this like as compared to the xboxes which are two spec machines one target in 1080 one target in 4k both of these machines are identical one has disk drive one doesn't so i was originally thinking like 90 quid does not explain no a disk drive but like you start looking around and you're like okay if i go to like scan to buy an internal blu-ray drive that's about 60 to 70 quid. So my guess is that from a pure parts cost combined with the fact that they can probably take a hit on the digital edition because they know that because you can't buy discs and you have to buy games digitally from them, they're going to get the extra money they would get from that back to offset the cost of the console is my guess because 90 quid seems like a lot for just the disc drive, but that's what it is. Anyway, that's the, so that's the setup. There are two machines, ninety quid apart, ninety quid apart, starting at four five nine. So the first part, that's an aggressive price 
for what we were expecting for that console, right? Like that wasn't just me that yeah. was surprised by that. No, the the that thing coming in at five hundred is a shock to kind of everybody who was like, it's probably going to be six or six fifty. Yeah, um, my guess is my guess which, is going to be five fifty. Which led to everybody being yeah, my, led to everybody being like they saw what MS did, and then there were some meetings had yeah. at Sony headquarters, being like, how much of a hit can we take totally. so that we can compete? Because it's going to be like they, everybody knew that the 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 online only one was going to be more expensive from Sony, just flat out. Yeah. But it was the it was the disc drive one that everybody was going to be like, this is going to be way more expensive, and it isn't at all. It's the same price now. Totally. But and again, none of this is like I'm still incredibly impressed with what Microsoft have done. Like that S is still like probably the best deal out of the four. Like for 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 most people, like that is a excellent way to get next gen games on a 1080p console that i absolutely will yeah. never i i like i'm still shocked how cheap that thing is relatively speaking um so yeah so there was there was all of that so there's there's kind of two paths here where there's the actual console and the announcement and then we'll briefly talk about the stuff that they showed at the show they called it a showcase right that's what they call their like non-state of play things um Final Fantasy 16 out the gate PS5 console. Yeah, that was sort of, crazy. Yeah. Um, came the fact the fact that the fact that they are still calling that game 16 is. Right. Um, I, I admire I admire that they are sticking with numbers. That totally. is, and also like I think we we did some, or I was gonna say we did some slow thing. Twitter informed me later that the guy in charge of that is used to work on the Devil May Cry franchise. Which... Yeah. So the, the guy the guy that the guy that is apparently heading up design. Is the guy that is the head of design for fourteen, yep. which is good because that's one of the most universally liked Final Fantasy games ever. Yep. And the guy that has been brought on to help with combat design is a guy that helped out with Devil May Cry, yep. a game that's combat kicks fucking ass. Yeah, exactly. So, and when I you mean, look at the trailer, when you look yeah. at the trailer yep. for sixteen, the thing that stuck out in my mind is, oh, okay, they're expanding on what they learned from fifteen, yep. what they learned from Kingdom Hearts three what they learned from 7 Remake, and then also it kind of looks like Devil May Cry because it looks yeah. a bit more acting because there were like juggles and stuff in that, there. Yeah, that game straight like, had the main character doing a launcher at one point. I was like, wait, what yeah, the fuck was, Final Fantasy game is this? There was the, there was the Dante launcher air yeah. hike thing of them knocking them up in the air and I was yeah, like, exactly. what? That's not a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> but if you tell me that there's a Final Fantasy game that has Devil May Cry combat in it, I am way more interested totally. in that Final Fantasy game. Like, weird, weirdly enough, so am I because like... Even as much as I, like, I still haven't finished. I haven't gone back and finished remake yet. Like, I just haven't had the energy to go okay. back and actually do you, that game. You, you will not finish remake. Knowing you, you wouldn't finish remake. Okay, fair enough. Um, the, la- the last two chapters of that game will kill you. Like okay. that is. Um, yeah. But the thing was, like, I enjoyed, like, that combat was good, but it wasn't quite enough. Where if I can get some Final Fantasy bullshit with the thing that I can like actually hit a button and swing a sword like there's something about oh, that, sure. that i could actually yeah. get get through and then also the styling of it on well as gonna say unfortunately this is probably just me that cares but they're going back to like the crystal chronicles stuff right yeah well it's 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 kind of more nine than it is crystal chronicles yes. like crystal yes. chronicles is a bit more cartoony and this I is mean, like your sort of like your nines and your 11s 14s and like 11s like 14s yeah. got some futuristic stuff in it as well but yeah like 11 14 but then, nine, this seems this seems very four? like four four seemed like the one that jumped out at me as well because sure. there's that guy in dragoon armor but yeah this one seems very kind of their 
like I love I love how there are like multiple slices of Final Fantasy at this point, but like this definitely seems like your European medieval. Yeah, um, definitely more, more more of what people call the traditional Final Fantasies, the ones but, that the ones that Nine was supposed to harken back yeah, to, like but also stuff. not steampunky in the way that like Six was or Fourteen because that 14. also has that. But yeah, yeah. Fourteen um, has guns in it, so yeah, that's. Yeah. I also say it was a hell of a way to open because there's a lot of like, maybe it's twelve then, but like without the airships, maybe... I guess. Yeah, like sort of, but it doesn't have big armor. Ah, whatever. Twelve is, twelve is very anime though, like in terms of like true character true. designs and stuff this seems very more much more traditional anyway um but it was the weird mixed emotions of opening with 16 and going oh sure okay i mean that's still a great console exclusive get for them especially considering that yeah absolutely. the previous batch of them apart from remake had come to xbox right like 13 did <laughs> and then they yeah re- some of the re-releases well. did i'm pretty sure as well but yeah, so, but they, anyway, I, think that, the only one, I think the only one they haven't got is Seven Remake, right? Right, because that's, that's Sony. I think yeah. so. I think so. But um, also that because that was first, that opened the presentation with the message: this game is running on a PC that is emulating PlayStation Five performance. And you're like, oh fuck! I, I don't know how you were, but I saw that and was like, oh fuck, that's not good. If they if that's the first thing they're showing you, and you're like, yeah, oh no. Yeah. That's a bad they sign. They are very, very far out, yeah. Yeah. But then, once the Final Fantasy trailer was finished, they then had another message which said, like, everything from this point in is running on a PS5. I was like, okay, fine. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, there's no date on 16, of course. But, like, yeah, it's it's reasonably far out. Um, then they did more Miles Morales, which looks more like Spider-Man. Um, yep. And then, so I love... I mean, we'll, we'll get back to this at the end, but I love that the Kotaku article for this, like, basically every one of these games has, like, an update as more information appeared later, which we'll yeah. get back to. So, Miles Morales, which, uh, could you just look like Spider-Man, and it looks awesome. Um, the, the Hogwarts Legacy, which is the vaguely leaked and reasonably well-known at this point open world, basically Skyrim, but Harry Potter. Um... Which you know, read the room, guys. But like, I that's a whole complicated issue. But that game's coming out in twenty twenty one. Um, there was a big chunk of the new Call of Duty, which I thought was reasonably weird and like the fastest RC car you've ever seen. Um, yeah, it's really fucking fast RC yeah. car. Hey, that's some faster, faster than actual cars and a plane trying to take off of a runway. Like that's yeah, it was very really weird. fast RC car. Um, that game looked like hell of G. So and yep. they announced an alpha it's starts on eighteenth. Um, that game is still called Village Resident Evil, which is Resident Evil Eight, yeah. basically. Wait, um, is it? Is it? Is it Village Resident Evil? I thought it was Resident Evil Village. Is that Village not? colon Resident Evil is what's listed here. Oh, okay, fair, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it looks like they're taking seven and injecting some four into it and seeing yep. what it ends up with. It 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 has mm-hmm. it does have some more vaguely silent hilly overtones to it. Like there's some bits, there's some shots in particular, and you're like that did not look out of place in a silent hill. But it definitely yeah, seems like true. It definitely seems like weird looking spooky forests and whatnot. Yep. Um, again, 2021, no date on that. Uh, Deathloop, which continues to look awesome. Mm. That game um, looks amazing. That also got delayed earlier. That was not new news, but it's now quarter two, 2021, and that's a console exclusive. Um, Devil May Cry 5 is getting a 
PS5 special Spe- edition. Special edition, yeah. Um, they also confirmed... Yeah, the same, as, same as 3 and 4 all yeah, got special But they edition. also confirmed that that special edition is not coming to PC. Oh, okay. That, or, well, they confirmed it's not coming as like an f- update to the PC edition. Whether it'll be sold separately, don't sure, know. Yeah. But it's not like a PC patch for that thing. But they're adding things like retracing and like... All Play as Virgil. Yeah. Um, that's a launch... Virgil... Virgil- Virgil looked cool. He had the he has the cool. same move set as he did for the other ones. He's got a little like clicks his sword that goes woof in the big does circle it, in front of him. Yeah. Does it make sense for Virgil to be in that game without yes. saying too much? Okay, cool. Cool. Um They showed the Demon Souls remaster, which as a person mm-hmm. who does not give a flying hoot about that game looks real nice. Um, I mean, it's a good looking thing. Yeah. yeah, I just don't want to play it. No, <laughs> but, exactly. uh, but it looks. It looks my really problem. Nice. My problem with the, the Souls games has never been how they look. They all no. look great. Yeah. It's physically playing them that's the issue. Yeah. Um. They announced the PlayStation Plus collection, which a lot of people said is like Sony's answer to Game Pass, but I don't think that's technically true. No, this that's not true thing. at all. Yeah. Um. So basically, what it is is like if you have PlayStation Plus, you get a bunch of downloadable access to a bunch of basically like the best of ps4 basically where it's stuff like <laughs> i was gonna say it's the best of ps4 but then this console list and you're like yeah god of war last of us remastered sure and then detroit become human you're like mm, okay god of war and last of yeah, us is pretty cl- good classic yeah and there's weird stuff in there like battlefield one's in there like not even the most recent battlefield and yeah strange nah, that comes cool. as part of your PlayStation plus and it's not streaming that is a downloadable you just like playstation plus games you just you download them and play them locally and that's fine um yeah and then the price and it's november 12th um sorry no it's november 12th in the u.s japan and canada it's 19th here yeah Um, they are they are they're competing with xbox in the the territories where they need to compete with xbox at the time again this is my i don't know how outdated this information is but traditionally because somebody explicitly asked me like why the hell is why are there two dates on this thing like it's just a supply thing and it's like it's probably also a supply thing but generally europe and the uh the asian market are generally safer for playstation like that's playstation does better there whether that's still true or not after the 360 generation i'm not 100 percent sure but generally europe and asia are safer markets for playstation so they're yeah. coming out of the gate two days after Xbox in the US where um US and Canada where they have to be more competitive, is my guess, is where that's coming mm-hmm. from. Um but yeah, so it's November nineteenth here, so that's two weeks no, a week, a week after Xbox here. Um and then an announcement that God of War Ragnarok exists and is being developed, and that was it. There wasn't even like there was a logo and that was it, basically. Um and it's twenty twenty one for that. So there was all of that stuff, and you're like, cool, we have a date, we have prices, we have all the stuff. Let's start talking about how we're going to do this. But there were some things conspicuously missing from that presentation, like, yo, what's happening with pre-orders? Um, yeah. Well, there's a lot of games here that have, like, holiday. Does that mean launch? Does that mean actually holiday? Does that mean February next year? There's nothing about launch window, but also you haven't talked about what's actually launching with the console, a lot of stuff in there is 2021. So, like, what am I playing if I buy one on day one? All of this kind of stuff. And again, they didn't talk about, like, yo, the only difference between these two machines is the disk drive. They didn't talk about 
any services stuff. They didn't talk about... Didn't talk, didn't talk about pre-orders or how that talk, works. Didn't like, talk about pre-orders. Didn't talk about um, the... Um, the fact like that some specs. of the launch games are actually going to be available for PS4. Yeah. So let's just, let's just the, briefly go through the things that we talked about, right? So Final Fantasy sixteen was like, yo, this is PS5 exclusive. Who, who game... fucking knows when that's going to be out? Yeah. Also, that game's coming to PC. So, yeah. okay, cool. So I don't need a PS5 if that's the thing I'm interested in. Cool. Miles Morales, the Spider-Man thing, is said holiday 2020 in the presentation was separately announced later via Twitter to be a launch game yep. at $50. And also then later that game has come to PS4. Yep. So you're like, okay, so I don't need that. If I'm buying, if I want to play that game, I don't need a PS5 for that. Okay. Um, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. The 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 thing that the big announcement there was that the multiplayer beta is coming on the 18th, which is for PS4. Yeah. Death. Uh, Resident Evil's. Who knows? Deathloop's Q2. Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry Five was the only game in there I think that said launch like explicitly yeah. at the end card. Um, and that's just that's, that's like a re-up of a game that's already out. So that's... yep. We'll get back to Demon Souls. The Game Pass thing was like, sure. The price stuff was there. And then the God of War was basically nothing. So the Demon Souls was the first part of this that went weird, right? Where the Demon Souls trailer hit, or they showed that as part of the thing, and you're like, there's, there was no date. There was nothing at the end card. I think, it, as far as I can remember, it was just like, straight up, like, credits, end, done. And you're like, okay, there's no date. There's no, like... Next year, nothing. Okay, yeah. sure. And then announced separately from the event, it actually said, "No, that's going to be launch." I think Jeff Keighley announced that weirdly enough. A lot later. of the, a lot of the information that was actually pertinent came out of Jeff Keighley's Twitter, like half an hour after the presentation. For like some half an reason, hour, the the the, the Demon's thing happened. I think it was like twelve minutes after the end of the presentation. Oh, okay, sure. What? Okay. Also, that game's a PS5 launch game. That game's seventy dollars, which also all the games are now seventy dollars. All the first party yep. stuff, or not even first party, mm-hmm. all the triple A stuff is now seventy dollars. Which sure we kind of saw that coming. Then separately, the Demon Souls trailer went up on YouTube separately from the PlayStation from the showcase. That trailer had a thing at the end saying it was coming to PC and eventually mm-hmm. other consoles. Yeah, which was not in the PlayStation version. No. So you're like, okay, that game's actually coming to PC, cool. And then a Sony spokesperson came out and said, no, it's not coming to PC. That was an error, which you baked into a trailer. Like, what? Um, they I don't know how that happened. They attributed yeah. the incorrect information to human error, and actually that game would be exclusive to PS5. And you're like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, except they may have just announced a PC version of that, but just not at launch. Like, yeah, I assume that game runs fine on a PC, you know. Um, I assume so, yeah. Yeah. So there was all that stuff where you're just like, we just got this slow drip feed of extra information that you felt like should have been part of the thing. And like, I, I did the thing I don't normally do at the end of these things, where it's like, can I just go read a straight up press release? Like, you would expect that PlayStation would put out, now that we've announced this stuff, here's all the details that the press would need to write up a story. Ah, right? you think, yeah. It's just fucking nothing. Like, the, nothing. Sony, the, Play, the PlayStation press area, like, unless there's like, I assume there's a like, one with credentials that you need to be an actual outlet to be able to read, but like the public facing press site hadn't been updated since like the start of the year. Like nothing. 
like, okay, fine. And then you're just watching Jeff Keighley's Twitter account roll out this information, which you have no idea if this is speculation. You have no idea if this is, like, confirmed. Like, Jeff said Jeff this. Jeff has insider information. Yeah, which, you know, considering this year, he kind of has, but also, like... Oh, yeah. Is it, but it's, like, is he also working for Sony? Like, is this part of a sponsored thing? Like, I have no idea. And then all, everything fucking blew up when a bunch of retailers just hit the button on pre-orders and was like, yeah, yo, Walmart, so you can the, pre-order it now. And you're like, Yeah, what? from someone, from, I can't remember who it was, if it was Walmart or GameStop, but apparently someone got scared that they were going to miss out on pre-order window yeah. and just fucking hit the button. So, so and so clear, that caused everybody else to have the same panic and then yeah. they all other hit their buttons as well. It's, so it was yeah. really, really weird from our perspective, especially because that showcase was like 10 p.m. our time-ish, I think, Above right? That, yeah. It was like late night for us when that thing came out. And there was no mention of pre-orders. like 10 and a half, 10. So yeah. yeah. There was no mention of pre-orders in the presentation, right? And then... Nope. Keely said your pre-orders are happening within the next 24 hours. And you're like, cool. Okay, Sony going to tell us that and tell us where to go pre-order the stuff or any of that stuff? Nothing. Sony eventually then were like, well, no. And then because they said pre-orders are going to go live or somebody said pre-orders are going to go live, Sony hadn't said anything. It sounds like Sony hadn't said anything to retailers either. A bunch of retailers just went, or like you said, somebody went first and was like, ah, fuck it, and just put them live with no warning. And then I think I think it was Walmart went first, and then Best Buy were like, "Well, fuck Walmart," and then they put their stuff yeah. live. At that point, Sony went, "Oh shit!" Put out a tweet saying pre-orders are going up today. Oh, by the way, pre-orders. <laughs> Even though like Walmart had already sold out by that point. Yeah, and, like places had just sold out. Yeah, and then a bunch of other retailers were like, "Well, fuck! They've announced it now. Quick, hit buttons." So I saw. I think I saw the Walmart and Best Buy stuff went up, and then I went to bed. <laughs> And it came, up, yeah, it came in the weirdest sort of staggered waves you've yeah. ever seen. Like it was, so then yeah. I went to bed and I woke up at 9am the next morning, flicked on Twitter and saw games doing pre-orders. You're like, wait, what? Game are doing pre-orders? And also it's seven past nine and they're all sold out. Wait, yeah. what? Okay, Amazon? Do Amazon? Amazon have a page, but also it's not really a page. And also maybe they're sold out. I can't tell. And yeah, who knows? Like, yeah. yeah. And like, what was the other one? There was another random site. And I checked like all of the places we would check, right? Like I checked game. They were gone. Uh, Argos had a page that said, we are putting them live on Friday at 9am. This was a Thursday. So sure. like, they at least said like, yo, we have a date if you want to do this right. But every other yeah. place was like, I don't know. We've got like, we should probably put pre-orders live, right? To get this. It was a complete mess. It was, it was a mess. Shambles. Yeah, absolute mess. Um, and then like the only two we knew about which was Argos and Very I think were the other site who both said Friday at 9pm 9am and I logged on to Argos at 9.04 and they were gone well actually yeah. I logged at 9.04 and couldn't get access to the website and then by 9.05 they were all gone I'm glad um, I'm glad I didn't want to pre-order any of these because it mean, sounds like, like it would have been annoying. totally like I was I was humming and hawing after all of this anyway, and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to log in on Friday morning, and if there's one there, I'm just going to do it because I'm going to I'm going to need to get one eventually. I might as well do it, you know, and see. Um, and there was nothing. There was none there, and very yeah. were, were done as well. And that was it. And then you're just like, 
okay like it, are we done like is this us till november like i'm just not getting one at lunch now is this how this works and then when was this so that was all this so it was all the 15th right yeah something i think so that was the 15th yeah that was sorry it was the 16th was the presentation the 17th was when pre-orders went up and then on let me just get a date for this on the 19th playstation put out what is the most human sounding tweet i think i've ever heard from a multinational corporation (laughs) and where i was read verbatim here from at playstation on september 19th Let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. (laughs) Over the next few days, we'll release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share their individual details and more PS5s will be available throughout the end of the year. Like, that is the most, like, yeah, we fucked this. Like, they did, to be clear. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so so more pre-orders went up, I think, and are now also gone. Like, I was tracking it for a little bit and I was like, yep, they're also gone. But it sounds like retailers are basically just putting them up as they get them there was also a report today i think it was unconfirmed from kotaku and this may just be us only but a bunch of retailers are only now getting their allocations yep which means that a bunch of places put pre-orders up without knowing how many they were getting yep so i mean there was already a problem that i saw a bunch of people on twitter who'd pre-order from amazon were already getting emails on the day they pre-ordered them saying you ain't getting this at launch so why the fuck are we doing pre-orders then what the oh so it sounds like the whole thing was a clusterfuck. And it sounds like, actually, the Xbox ones... It's really funny, actually. Like, in between all of this complete kerfuffle, Xbox put out a tweet that was like, our pre-orders are going live on September 17th. And yeah. Like, like, they had dates and times and, like, locations and all of this stuff. And you're like, yeah. well, at least you're planning. It sounds like the Xbox one was a complete clusterfuck as well, where, like, everyone went live and, like, nobody could get one. Like, everyone nope. was, like, out blocking stuff. It was really good. Like, this is, like, only funny to me. But, like... Was it Best Buy? There's some website, I can't I think it was Best Buy actually in the US, where you went to their Xbox like hub thing to pre-order and it said Cool. Site's really busy. You're in a queue. You're you have a place in a queue. We will show you the page when you're at the front of the queue and you can pre-order one. And so they went into the um the source code of the page and it was like the page is just set to auto refresh every 30 seconds until you randomly yeah. get in. Like there's no queue. Yeah. It's just like you'll keep refreshing and eventually you'll get it. Yeah. yeah. Um so like if you just it. sat if you just sat with like hitting F5 every couple of seconds, you'd be doing it the I'll same you, thing. I'll um, tell you one thing, it was a really good um couple of days to be on uh TikTok of a bunch of Gen Zers with every, every device in their house that has a screen open up on the Best Buy page, just constantly, yeah. like I saw, like no joke, like 10 to 20 to 30 videos of exactly that, of people just trying randomly to try and get this. Like it was... It I opened like, the Best Buy page on my fridge. The- yeah, exactly. Like it was it was great. Um, like I saw, there was one I think I saw that was like an entire like like college house like seven people who all had phones, their phones out on the table with their laptops behind them. Yeah. It's like all refreshing. The- yeah, it was excellent. But yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like nobody's happy, basically. Um, some people got them, some people didn't. It sounds like nobody's happy, basically, with this whole thing. We've, and- not, we've not heard anything about more allocations, have we? I mean, PS5 said there was more allocations, but some of them came and went already. Yeah, um, and specifically, PlayStation said before the end, before launch. So maybe there's multiple waves. 
who knows um yeah so there's that so that was kind of the big one really um yeah well was it was it not what are you thinking of I'm thinking of, you know, the fact that Microsoft bought fucking Xenomax like that. Oh, Christ, I didn't bookmark that, right? Well, okay, we'll come back That's to that. We'll come to that pretty fucking quickly. huge, yeah. So we'll come back to that. The two things I will say, I will... Uh, you should check the post for where we post all, we post all the news links on the post for this podcast yeah. anyway. But there's a thread I'm going to put up there about... Uh, from Mike Rose, who is the... What's his official title? <laughs> Oh, he, he works at No More Robots anyway, who's a publisher that I've done a bunch of games you would have known basically at this point. Um, things like he did Time to Space Outlaw, uh, Not Tonight, Nowhere Profit, like games you would basically know. And he has an entire Twitter thread about his experience with their games on the eShop on Switch. Yeah. And what various things as a publisher they did to be able to like get their stuff shown in the eShop and what the return was and all that. It's fascinating. It seems like the the kind of the 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 summary of the whole thing is that the charts on the eShop are based on units, not gross profit. So sure. if you discount your game to like 90% you're making less profit but you're selling more units which means you'll jump back up the charts and get refeatured yeah. again and then at that point like it's it's really interesting and it's fascinating to know how it seems like that entire eShop is just kind of like you don't get numbers like that in this industry very often and it's really fascinating to, for somebody to just go look here's what happened to us like yeah, take this information and go so, with it yeah. it's super interesting um, and then another thing I'll briefly mention I it's weird that like I don't know whether it's just like where we are at this point, but like Amazon unveiling Luna, which is their Stadia competitor, which seems better than Stadia yeah. in basically every way. Basically getting zero yeah. press is really weird. Yep. Weird. But, um so yeah, you you should go look up basically what it is, but it's like, yo, it's the Stadia, like down to the uh controller being Wi-Fi um and all of that kind of stuff. The interesting things that separate it from Stadia is it seems like they're going with a channel model where they have like a main channel and then like Ubisoft have their own channel, which it seems like Ubisoft can control things like prices and availability and all of that kind of stuff, um, which is an interesting model. So rather than being like, there's a Stadia price and you pay Stadia price and then yeah. in the back end, they have to negotiate with everyone saying like, well, this is our prices. Like, what are you going to do? Like, if the, if the idea is like, yeah, like all the publishers can rock up with their own channel to add to the service, you'd be like, yeah, we control all of this and we could do things outside of Amazon, like it seems kind of cool. Um, and then the other part of it, which I thought was pretty funny, is there is where is it? Um, so we talked we talked a couple of episodes ago about the the Microsoft X Cloud and Stadia stuff not appearing on iOS because of the App Store rules and all the stuff about yeah. apps and all that stuff. And we talked about how Apple were like, okay, fine, you can do it, but actually they didn't and all that kind of stuff. So they specifically say, I'm just going to read from the, the the Polygon article here. Luna will be available on Fire TV, Mac, Windows PC, and on Android. Um, for iOS mobile devices, iOS platforms will access Luna through web apps. So you don't get app if you're on iOS, you go to the Luna website and play it in Safari. Wow, which is, okay. a, which is a super smart way of getting around all of this app that's, bullshit. Yeah, that's the one way of getting around to using the, uh, the app store. That's yeah. pretty and it, actually, it actually puts Apple in a really interesting position, right? Because as, how do I phrase this? 
as somebody who's developed stuff for iOS, specifically web stuff for iOS, Safari is a nightmare browser. And yeah. also... Apps... Be- better, or wor- better or worse than um, IE? Like, what's the... Oh, better than IE, but like... Okay, sure. talking... But specifically, like, Safari's a nightmare browser. And also, any apps that use web technology on iOS can't use anything that's not safari so like if you have a web page embedded in your right. app it needs to use safari yeah but also the version oh. you get as an app of safari is like a cut down version where mm-hmm. this is definitely true when i was doing it a couple of years ago but like you could only make four http connections at a time which on a modern web app is not that many because you usually have like a persistent one for for client server communication and then a couple of more for getting resources so like web technologies on apple and this is all part of their play right is that they are pushing the the fork in the road about mobile development was basically like android went cool apps are great but also we value the web because that's our business model so we're going to continue to fund the web and browsers and all that kind of stuff and apple went well we make a shit ton of money from the app store so fuck web apps, we want real apps. And that's their fork. So they are deliberately hampering web app or web-based apps as opposed to native apps by doing this weird Safari thing. So how the fuck Luma are going to run this 4K streaming thing over a website? That's wild if they can pull that off. That's pretty cool. And also, Apple can't ban that there's no way they can delist that from the app store there's no way they can like like they would have to hard code safari to not let you go to that website because it violates some terms it's super smart like fuck, yeah, Am- sure. fuck amazon but like that's a super smart way of doing that a, yeah i was a nightmare company who with a fucking indoor camera drone but like that is a smart way of getting around that that is <laughs> i forgot about their indoor camera drone Whew. I, I, it does roots and everything. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that video and I saw it that controls. ad. I saw that video. I saw that ad. And I saw those pictures and I was like, "This is the best onion article I've ever read." <laughs> and then, <laughs> fucking, and then you realize you can buy it. And yeah. yeah. And then, like, my phone pinged because the Virgin mm-hmm. put up a video. It was like, "Yo, have you seen this Amazon thing?" It was like, "Oh no." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yes. Um. Microsoft, Microsoft fucking Zenimax. <laughs> Holy shit! What? That was a... Yeah, absolutely. Like that. The 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 rumors of something like that happening had been in the works for a good few years about like Microsoft making moves to buy some like big developer or something like that. But and I mean, they, they had a, is a hell of a. So they had already bought. Um, they'd already bought some. Like let's say mid range studios, like, yeah. So like your your double like, double A, I think is the term. Yeah. So like you got like double fine. They bought um, Obsidian. They bought yeah. Uh, who are the oh god Ninja Theory? Ninja Theory, like that kind yeah. of level of studio where like they do good shit. They do very mm. good, well. They do very good stuff, but they're not AAA. They're kind of pseudo independent and go through like yeah other publishers. And it makes a lot of sense that, that would round out a very good solid base for Microsoft yes. games in the future. They, they, all, mm-hmm. they all made sense as purchases. Um, and then, but this is like, this is a whole different level. So let me just get the... They've bought, they've bought the 
the but the media what the Zenimax is like the the main company, right? Yeah. The, so it's, it's Zenimax Media the, and Zenimax Media who who own, own Bethesda. Yes. So but so and Ed. <laughs> so specifically, they bought so they bought Zenimax Media and Bethesda Publishing is the two top things. And under that umbrella, right. you have obviously Bethesda Game Studios, who are Skyrim Fallout. Like that's Bethesda Game yeah. Studios is the name of the thing. Um, for them, that also then includes. Let me just get the list here. Um, also that I, I thought it was really funny that because they already Microsoft already on Obsidian suddenly like Fallout New Vegas 2 is back on the table and you're like okay yeah. sure but it's like it's because so the, the, the things that the things that Microsoft get out of this are Elder Scrolls the Fallout Sky, the, the Skyrim money machine <laughs> the, Sky, the Skyrim money printing machine yeah. and therein the other Elder Scrolls games that will be happening therein yeah. and which, which Starfield is like, whatever and, Starfield yeah, is 6 and Starfield are, are there yeah. but then the other studios For, that they get are yeah Fallout list. Arcane <laughs> Arcane uh, who are Deathloop Prey uh, Dishonored. Dishonored Tango yeah. Gameworks who are Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo is their game coming out yeah. Um, what else was there? Ed. Machine Games, who are Machine Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, Ed, who are fucking Ed, um, and Doom and all that shit. No, yeah. wait. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Pray, not pray. Fucking Rage is their other Rage, one. That's what I'm yeah. thinking of. Sorry. I, weirdly enough, I don't have the list here. This list is not complete. Here we go. Arcane, Machine Games, Zenimax, Bethesda, Ed, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog. I don't know who Alpha Dog are. Uh, Alpha Dog and Roundhouse Studios. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. Roundhouse. I think one of them is a mobile developer, I want to say. Oh, okay. Uh, Roundhouse Studios. I want to say that. I'm not sure. Alpha Dog uh, Games. What have you done? Oh, uh, Roundhouse Studios are the remnants of Human Head. Ah, okay. And so yeah, Alpha Dog are mobile developer. Alpha Dog are mobile developer. Okay, so that's all the teams. Yeah. So yeah, so that's a that's a healthy selection of of games they just acquired. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So that raises some interesting questions, right? As to so they've already the things they've already confirmed are Ghostwire and Deathloop, which are PS5 exclusives, um, are still yes. PS5 exclusives, and like they are honoring those contracts. Doesn't mean they're mm-hmm. not coming. I mean, they were probably already coming to PC, but that probably also means they're, they're definitely now coming to PC. Um, but the thing that Phil Spector said when asked about this was that they are treating console exclusives on a case by case basis from here on in. So basically, that means that we are now in a position where the next Elder Scrolls game could be an Xbox exclusive, which is yes. fucking wild. Like, that is. It's insane. Also, but if you want to sell units, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, that. I mean, we, yeah, totally we, do it. we talked about this when this got announced, like, because I was very before the Phil Spector interview. Like, I was basically convinced that like Microsoft would be, it would be ridiculous for Microsoft to lock their stuff to a console because, well, for a couple of reasons. One, because all their messaging up to this point has been like, "Yo, we don't need you to buy Xboxes. We just need you to buy Game Pass." Like, that's been their entire. Yeah business model up to that point where if you can be like like can you imagine elder school 6 launching on game pass like that's yeah it's wild yeah that's wild right it's insane. but that's gonna get you some game pass subscriptions right for sure absolutely well yeah um 
so my thinking at that point was like, it would make sense for Microsoft to continue to make all of these Bethesda games cross-platform because mm-hmm. they will sell more units, they'll get a better return on the... Se- oh, also, $7.5 million they spent on this, which is $3 million... Billion. billion which is three... $7.5 billion. Yes, which is $3 billion more than Disney paid for Star Wars. Just just to put yes. that in context, it's an insane number. Um yeah, it, I, I was at that point where I was like, it would be ridiculous of them not to leave all these games as cross-platform because it gets them more units sold, higher return, and also they've been very clear they don't particularly care about hardware sales. And it would be really weird if they actually then came out and said like, and also we're keeping all the stuff for ourselves. But then it sounds like they may potentially be keeping the stuff for themselves. So, like, I get it from a business decision. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. But it kind of does go against some of their messaging up to this point where... Um, like, yo, we just want to sell you games. Like, play them wherever you want. Like, all the stuff's coming to PC as well, because of course it is. Like, yeah. we just want to sell you games. And if you want to buy Game Pass, that's fine. And hey, we still might be putting Game Pass out on Switch. Who the fuck knows at this point, right? But like, <laughs> yeah. Or whatever, they're xCloud on Switch. Um, so yeah, like the fact that they said on a case-by-case basis, again, my guess is that that means that that doesn't lock them into a particular approach that they could theoretically do it where like i guess yeah but i and also i i assume it has the the correct effect where this happened the day before xbox pre-orders went up and like well yeah let's not be around the bush that was planned right like but and no, I'll, of course. Bet, yeah. and I'll bet a lot of people the, the the fact they didn't come out the fact they didn't come out and just straight up say that that these games are going to be exclusive. One, they probably also mm-hmm. don't know about you. Yeah, that's still too early in the, the process. Oh but yeah, also, like, probably, yeah. One, that makes them look bad, but it leaves this ambiguity where anyone who missed the first round of PS5 pre-orders and the Xbox is coming out tomorrow, if you want to be real safe and you like Skyrim or Fallout, you're pro- you, might <laughs> you may as well pre-order one of those Xbox. Xbox. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So... It was very like leaving it leaving it into the mind of the user is totally like without a, da- a dangerous game to play, but it's also one that because it preys on fear of missing out, but also <laughs> just the, the yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, but also it, uh, it 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 sits in the back of your mind as like yeah, but what if and that's yeah, the totally and that's, that's the problem. I think that was enough for them to be honest. Like and again, like this would have made more sense if. The PS5 pre-orders weren't a complete shit show. The Xbox pre-orders weren't a complete shit show. And it seems like most people who wanted their console didn't get one. And still might not. Who knows? But yeah. um, it was a super fascinating move. And I don't think... I think anyone, like the- anyone who said this was that they knew this was coming is lying to you, I think. I think this surprised probably- basically everyone. Um, I try to think that now that, now that Microsoft own all of this stuff. I'm thinking about weird crossovers that can happen, but... Right, yep. Because Microsoft, I think... Do they not own the studio that do Killer Instinct as well? Yes. Uh, huh. Do they own... Yes, I think they do. Basically what, basically what I'm saying is you should probably put Doomslayer in Killer Instinct. That'd probably oh, be pretty yeah. good. I mean, that's all. Yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, for me, like, I mean, I have said many times before, I'm never a huge fan of Bethesda Game Studio games, but, like, as long as Machine Games, as long as Arcane and to a certain extent Ed continue to get funded to the level that they're at, like, I'm, mm. like it's the best I can hope for for here, where like there's now a very much increased chance you're going to get the Song of 3, 
Um, Arcane continue, continue to make great games, which is only a good thing for me. Um, I love mm-hmm. Arcane stuff. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's the, there's the overhanging thing of like, Microsoft now control a large part of the probably the largest series collection of game studios owned by a single company ever, I think, is true. Yeah. Making that up. But like, you do start to verge a little bit towards like monopoly territory where you're like, that's a yeah. lot of studios that are under this one banner. And we don't really know much about how Microsoft handles studios because they don't own that. Mm-hmm. They didn't until recently own that many. Where you're like, like they own 343, obviously, and they own someone. They bought somebody else before all of this started. I can't remember what it was. But like, Microsoft generally have left their studios alone. But like, when they just bought like 15 studios over the past two years, like, we don't actually know how they're going to handle them. My guess would be yeah. to treat them kind of like hands off and just be like, yeah, go make your games. Do your thing. Do your oh, things. Yeah. Like, they would be a little bit silly to not do that, especially with a company like Bethesda, who have proven that they have direction and are proven yeah. that they support all facets of their business where it seems like it seems like fallout and skyrim basically fund those other studios because like most of our oh, yeah, sure. most of arcane's games do critically very well but not sales great like prey didn't do well yeah. at all despite that being one of the best games no. ever made um, yeah like the, the, the prey to this day still remains some sort of like hidden gem sort of thing like People totally. haven't played that game and they really should because yeah. it's fucking great. Praise like, excellent, excellent game and yeah. nobody knows it exists, which is still strange. To me. Sad. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that was that was a that was a that was an interesting tweet to wake up to that morning and be like, yeah, wait, you're... what like you, you don't mean like all of Bethet like you mean like you bought like the rights to distribute Fallout or something on it. It's like, no, they bought the whole fucking company for $7.5 million. Billion dollars. Billion dollars. I need to stop doing that. Yeah, billion dollars. Yeah, the grand, yeah, the grand scale of things, $7.5 billion isn't that much money. $7.5 billion doesn't even make a game for Bethesda at this point. Like, that's... Oh, million dollars. Yes, billion is a different... No, billion's a lot of money. Yeah, that's yes. what I'm saying. You keep saying million, yeah. which doesn't even fund a game for Bethesda. No, exactly, yeah. But... Billion is a fucking lot of money. Yeah. That's like you were saying, that's like Disney level we want this property sort of money. Yeah. Like that. Totally. Um I mean it's a it's a solid get. It doesn't seem like a waste of money at all. Yeah, absolutely. It seems yeah. like a good idea. Um but the question then becomes like who at Bethesda stays, right? Like is this is this the point where a bunch of like the upper management of Bethesda like ride off into the sunset? Like is that part of? The I don't want to see. I don't. I, I don't want to see Todd Howard without a job. I still like Todd Howard. Totally like Todd. He, he, he lies to your face, but he's still a really nice guy. But he doesn't. Really enthusiastic he doesn't really really but, but yeah, like some of the heads of Bethesda, yeah. like your your Todd Howards, your Pete Hines, like are they? Like, how do they fit into this whole thing? Yeah. Um, I think this. Th- I think the thing they basically said in their. I mean, this is this is kind of basically a rote letter at this point, but basically the thing said was like, yeah, like. Bethesda will continue to be Bethesda. Like we will continue to do our thing. And it's like, well, you're part of a multinational corporation now. Like, we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, I mean, specifically, is this is this a Sp- Phil Spencer quote? Yes. Okay. So yeah, 
Um, they said the acquisition was a landmark set for Microsoft. In a news release, Microsoft said it now has 23 creative studio te- teams making Fuck. games for Xbox That's... and PC. Uh, Microsoft will add Bethesda game to Game Pass for console and PC. They also intend to add future Bethesda games to Xbox Game Pass the same day they launch on Xbox or PC, specifically calling out Starfield. So they've basically said, like, yo, yeah. Starfield will be out in Game Pass day one. Okay. Um... One of the things that's most exciting is seeing the roadmap with Bethesda's future games, some announced, many unannounced to Xbox, console, and PC. Um, yeah, okay. So that was the, that was the bit. Like they they are still talking about Xbox and PC constantly. They're yeah. not just saying Xbox, which is the thing. But yeah, I, I, I bet. Yeah, good that they're still committing to that. So that's... Yes, and also I bet that this is actually making people think about pre-orders. To be honest, like I yeah, absolutely, yeah. I would imagine that there are a bunch of people who are like, well, what? I mean, one of two things: either they're like, well, like I mean, I need, I'm going to want the next Bethesda game, so I should probably just get a Xbox, or they're now thinking, maybe I get an S as well, in case I can, in case there's no, in the case there's no Elder Scrolls, you know, um, which Xbox are the ones in a position to do that because they have this 250 pound box. PlayStation are not in that position. Um, yeah, yeah, true. It's 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 a it's a super bold move in a year of both companies being super bold with moves, and yeah, it's fascinating. But I mean, the the tail end to wrap all this up is like this is all awesome. Both consoles are still don't have a lot of launch games. No, it's they do kind not. Of the, it's kind of the core of it. Like, I don't know if what I would get for either console. This is true. Like, if I was to buy either console, I don't know why I'd play on day one. Like, and yet you still tried to pre-order one. Like, I mean, that's the... Yeah, I mean, for me, like, it's just because I can and because I'm going to get one eventually. Like, I want to play with the hardware, right? And I mean, even if it does sure. let me play PS4, like, I would go back and play Last of Us. I would go back and play some of that PS4 collection. I would play Miles Morales. I mean, I if would... you if you still if you still really want to play SSX3, you can still totally get the, the S, yeah, right? Is that I not know. a thing? Yeah, that's... Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's not. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you um, really want to, if you really want to spend two hundred and fifty pounds to play a game that was on PS2, I, you can still do that. That's the thing you can still do. Two hundred and fifty pounds for the Microsoft Xbox Series SSX is <laughs> fuck off. Can we end this podcast? It's not a joke that I want to hang. Can we just end? Like, is that a thing we can do? Can we just turn off the recording? Well, like, I don't want to be in the. I don't want to be in the same Discord room as you right now. Well, like, it's, fine we just... it's fine because it's fine because I'm talking to end it. Um, what videos have we got? It's... We have Paradise Killer and Hades are up right now. We're doing something with other sides soon. Um, what else is there? Was something else I was playing that I should probably do something with. And I can't remember what it is. Other, other side, you want to record an other side video? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Other side, we should do. There was something yep. else that I can't quite remember. I don't know. It'll come back to me. Um, so they'll be going up. Um, it's October, so I opened a project that says Game of the Year in oh, Premiere <laughs> and was like, we should probably plan this now. Have we even, have we even got a trail board yet? Like, oh, that's... yeah, I've been adding to it. You should go You should go look at it. Oh, it's just fun. It's absolutely a trail yeah. board. Uh, no, I don't like it when there's a trail board. That makes yeah. it real. It, it becomes serious at that point. Um, so yeah, other, uh, oh, there it, oh, no, there it is. Other side of becoming, we've got. Um, you should go watch seriously. Like the Paradise Killer and Hades videos are super good and good are really good for showing what those games are. 
Um, and I've been sending on to people going like, no, you should play Paradise Killer because you'll know very quickly if you want to see it based on this. Um, apart from that, GameIndustry.com is the name of the website where you can find all of our videos, podcasts, and articles are up there. We are on YouTube.com slash GameIndustry. If you subscribe there, you get notified when we put new videos up. Um, we are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search GameIndustry, you'll find us there. Podcast at GameIndustry.com is the email address if you want to get in touch. And that's us. Uh, stay safe. Enjoy whatever you're playing. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.